Hey, I'm Jen, and I love horror movies. I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside, and I also love horror movies. And we really like to torture our friend Todd because he hates horror movies. That I do, and that's why they call me the horror virgin. <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. Yes. I'm not. No other reasons at all. <laughs> you Whatever. So every <laughs> every week we take him through the encyclopedia of horror: the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frosts, <laughs> and then we make fun of it more or less, or explain its deceptive feminism. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the funny one. (laughs) Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out. Consequence Podcast Network. From the leafy streets of Springwood, Ohio, to the barred windows at 1428, we are Halloweenies. This is God. All right, well, uh, once again, I don't know, uh, <laughs> the gloves uh, scraping along lockers. Trick or treat? No, no, trick or treat's different. That's Halloween, right? Yep. Anything, Mac? Any intro? Um, one, two, uh, we're back. Uh, we're back <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> one, two, we're in the studio. <laughs> one, two, we're back with you. One, two, oh, we're back with you. Uh, one, two, uh, Freddie, we're not done with you. Ah, mm. excellent. Hey, greetings and welcome to Halloweenies, a Freddy Krueger podcast which will be transitioning into the title you see on all of your feeds yeah. <laughs> as of next week. Don't be confused. Don't be confused. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Justin Gerber, returning for the first time in like eight months, I think. Yeah. It's been yeah. a long time. It's been a while. Well, know. I was in a uh, medically induced coma at Weston Hills. I had the tube down my throat, tape over my eyes. I vaguely remember uh, sitting up in unison with eight other people and pointing. Yeah, we almost lost you too. I know uh, the titular Fred Krueger. That's titular Fred Krueger. Yeah. That was your last episode. Freddie's dead. Justin's you know. dead. It looked like <laughs> time. Well, I'm back, baby, and I'm better than ever. Oh my god! Um, but anyway, we are going to be convening one final time in Springwood, Ohio, to rank and give our final thoughts on the yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street series, officially wrapping up season two before hitching a ride to Crystal Lake. Green Day. Uh, great. Uh, Hitchin, that's a C H I N apostrophe yes, a ride. This yes, is hitching a yeah, ride. We yeah. make it perfectly clear. <laughs> We've already gone off on a tangent. We're going to be hitching a ride to Crystal Lake to dive into the Friday the 13th franchise because I think that was always the idea, but the people clearly were 100% on board with this is the natural progression. Yeah. What would you have done if the people had voted for Hellraiser, which seemed like something. You see, you would think thought, that's the next thing, right, Mac? Yeah. My thought was. Even if we, even if we head to uh, the realm of the Cenobites, uh, <laughs> I think we have to tackle that series. We have to shake things up. Mm-hmm. It, it would not be done um, in chronological order. Oh, because be a, be there's no way. <laughs> yeah. There's no show. way we're leaving with like. <laughs> Five months of the just the garbage. garbage. Like, yeah, well, we'll end. see for episode ten. But I, I would say, judgment. after watching a lot of those latter ones, I think one through six have a lot of things to talk about. A lot of good things. Yeah, especially the sixth one because you know it's the return of Kirsty, and the fifth one's got our boy Craig Sheffer. Craig Sheffer of um, 
River Runs Through It fame. Oh, I'm actually wow. very excited to go back and rewatch those. So hopefully we do uh, head to Cinnabite Realm. Cinnabite Realm? Cinnabite Realm. <laughs> Sounds Just like a, another hell. movie. Hellraiser Cinnabite <laughs> it's Realm. It's not yeah. hell. It's, it's not it's, hell. I guess it isn't hell, but it's something like hell because he's a Hellraiser. It's got to be. It's not it's hell, hell, isn't it? It's hell. No, it's not hell. Okay. It's just a different, well, we'll it's, a dimen- it's another dimension. Sure it's where, well, I've got a lot to say, folks. I'm a big hellhead. <laughs> Look, hell there's, there's all ways to go to hell. You can be really bad, go to hell, or you can open up a puzzle box and it's go true. to hell. That's just my opinion. It's just one man's opinion. One man's opinion. Uh, well, I'll ha- we'll, uh, agree to disagree. Agree to <laughs> Do you think that if you went to look, I don't know if you remember, uh, you know, landmark here in Chicago, mm, um, you know, it's a nice little mall inside. They used to have a puzzle store in there. And I wonder if you went in that puzzle store, you could find the Cenobite uh, world. Mike, puzzle. Um, that puzzle box store burned down 20 years ago. <laughs> well, if that puzzle oh. box up there, who's buried up in <laughs> Greenlawn Cemetery. Listen, wow. What all a, right. what a incredible, we're, we're off on the tangent. Yeah. We're, we haven't even done all the introductions yet. Once again, no. I'm Justin Gerber. Let's go around in a circle here and introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm Mackenzie Gerber, uh, constant contributor to this podcast, as well as the Losers Club, and uh, very excited to be wrapping up uh, the old Fred head today. Mm. Yes, and uh, I'm Michael Lisa Wilcox uh, Rothman. Um, you know, just standing one of my favorite characters in this franchise that we're waving goodbye to today, and it's kind of sad because I really do love uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's I'm, I'm going into uh, uncharted waters because uh, let's just say that you know my my fandom for for Friday, uh, although it's very high, not nearly as high as Halloween and, and, and Nightmare. So it's, I think it's I think things yeah. will shift for you a little bit. Justin, there are big uh, Jason heads. So. Yeah. Jason heads. Yeah, there's a lot to discuss when it comes to how <laughs> I feel you can just throw on the Friday Thirteenth movies, even if they're really bad, and watch them, as opposed to the like the really bad Halloween entries. Like, I'm not, yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. like, let's just throw on Revenge of Michael Myers. No, you know, what but I, mean? I would it's absolutely not, not throw on like you know, like a new Friday beginning. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I threw on a new beginning. We watched that last year. Yeah, I mean, it was a good fun. time. It was yeah. Fun. yeah, yeah. Anyway, all that discussion will be starting next week. For God's sakes, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, on, you're right. It's going to be on Friday Thirteenth. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And it will be celebrating the 40th anniversary of the Friday the 13th franchise. Pretty wild. Yeah. With no movie. No movie. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham. Thanks for resolving this or uh, not resolving this after 40 years. They, they couldn't even get the champ. LeBron James couldn't even get this thing to, to you know, sort it out. I thought you meant like, John Voight. Oh, well, yeah. John Voight in there also. <laughs> you bite by hand. If anybody um, gets that reference, please let us know as soon as possible. Either on the Halloweenies Twitter feed or our individual Twitter feeds. Is that an, uh, a, a Lee reference? No, it's the oh. movie The Champ with Ricky oh. Schroeder and John Voight. Oh my God. <laughs> that is a deep ref. All right, that, cool. that movie might wow. also be forty years old. Actually, well, hey, let's lump that in. The- Happy fortieth to The Champ. <laughs> we'll also um, be covering that. Yeah, sure. somewhere in there, in between Friday two and three, maybe. Yeah. Um, you I'll know. be sitting out on that one. I'm not a big <laughs> John Voight fan. Not a, oh yeah, I, I think we're all well, you know, in unison about we're frustrated. You with know, John I, I, you know my stance on John Voight, right? Love him as a person and uh, h- hate his work. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, it's just right. great takes, but <laughs> overrated actor. I just uh, like I just like when he wakes up in the morning and he's just like, <laughs> "We're gonna do another political video." I like to think he'll be. <laughs> I'm not gonna get that dark right now. Yeah, let's um, move on. Do you think great actor? Hey. Here's a here's a line. You know, yesterday I was walking around Chicago, mm. and um, I literally visited Drake Hotel, Chicago. Mm. <laughs> we walked through it yesterday 
if well, just because you know Sammy has just been watching the Mission Impossible movies mm. and she's like, oh, there's the Drake. I want to go through that. I was like, well, why? why? It's like, well, you know, Mission Impossible, <laughs> the fucking Bible, <laughs> the <laughs> dumb sure. Bible. Imagine if you walk in this huge Bible. plaque, yeah, with, like with copper writing that says 1996 <laughs> parentheses Mission Impossible, directed by Brian De Palma. Jim um, Phelps stayed here. Jim Phelps um, says that he stayed here. Yeah, <laughs> we don't even know if he shot did. anything yeah, there. Exactly. They well, you know, my, it's funny that you bring up Paramount Pictures because Paramount Pictures also responsible for the early days of Friday the Thirteenth. Yes. Yes. That seemed like a natural transition into Friday the 13th. But we're not However, talking. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to do that right now. That's a shame. It's a shame. We're going to go ahead and wrap up again our, our feelings and uh, our thoughts and our emotions about the, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And we're going to do it in a similar way we did our Halloween rankings, yeah. which is kind of fun. It shakes things up a little yeah. bit. We're going to go in a circle and we're going to go from worst to best. And then once all three of us mention a movie, we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. What's fun about this is, even though it sounds like a foolproof plan, I will forget that we've all talked about it, yeah. or one of us will jump the gun and start talking about it, and we'll throw everything off kilter. Yep. So I'm really looking forward to doing this once again yeah. with everybody here. Even though I'm looking everybody in the eyes, and we're kind of like, we've got this. We got it. This so can't are, be that difficult. Are we yeah. starting from the lowest to That's the right, best? That's right, from worst, worst, to, worst to, to first. So, so unlike the band, uh, it's from last to first. Is that uh, Robbie Robertson? No, the band, the, 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 the f- Robbie Roberts. No, from first to last, I think it's an emo band. But uh, you oh. know, yeah. Anyway, uh, so we're, I've, I have a feeling that we all have the same worst, but we'll see. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm okay. curious. Okay, we're gonna maybe we'll find out in ten seconds. Yeah, speed round. Mac worst. Freddy remake. <laughs> Freddy. Great. Ah, yes, the classic. Oh, Freddy I've renamed, remake. I renamed them. Oh, generally. you made them. Okay. Uh, Okay, don't spoil the, no, the retitles. They're really not that creative. Freddy's remake. <laughs> Freddy's remake. I've heard of Freddy's Revenge, but Nightmare on Elm Street 2010 is that what it's, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Oh, happy 10, 10 years. Oh wow, how about that? Oh boy, it's, I think it's in two months actually oh. in April. We should do another yeah. recap of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll follow up um, with it next. Week. Okay, so Mac, your least favorite Elm Street film is the remake. Correct. That is correct. Michael, it's got to be Rooney Mara. Hmm. In Freddy's remake. Yeah. For Mike. Me also. You win the prize because mine is also the least favorite. Is the Freddy remake? Absolutely. Oh my God. <laughs> right. I knew it was. But that's okay. Because, I know. I know. You know, I, I've been thinking about this. You know, I, I, oftentimes we like to shake things up, but doesn't that mean that we're being disingenuous? Yeah. <laughs> like, a little bit. Like, oh, maybe I'll put Dream Warriors as yeah. my least favorite to shake Dream things Warriors. up. We're not but like, that's, that. that's, that's stupid. That's so garbage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's the bottom line. We, we could, there's flaws in many of the nightmares, Nightmare films, right? Yeah. But the fatal flaw of this movie is that they should have just done its its own thing. Totally. Reboot it totally. I mean, I know that they technically have different names for a lot of the characters, but it's the same movie. It's the same movie. It's the same Nightmares recreated um, poorly. Mm-hmm. You guys did a great job of t- talking about it in the episode the one thing that sticks out for me that's unforgivable is that the CGI wall. It's just unbelievably... Yeah. Oh, it's embarrassing. Uh, it's, it's such a misstep. And that yeah. just, that's so indicative of the entire movie, leaning so heavily into non-practical effects that made the original so well, strong. I, I was you know, really happy to see that the, the Joy Division IP was able to kind of be dusted off like you know, religiously throughout this movie. Um, and that to convey that these kids are morose and have some bitter past, uh, you know, they're probably listening to, uh, you know, atmosphere or, uh, mm, you know, closer, or, or closer. Mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, 
that that part that's the only that's literally the only thing I think about when I think of the remake of this movie. I would rather watch the intense doc the intense the intense docu film Control. Yes. On repeat. <laughs> well, of course, for, that movie is like a ten out of ten. Yeah, but it's depressing <laughs> as hell. It, it is saying. depressing. Like, it would, yeah, I would rather watch that, that for twenty four hours straight than yes. watch another hour and a half of Nightmare on Elm Street. And and also, what's really really problem that we you know we talked about on the episode is that like everyone's so fucking pretty. Yeah, I know. But also the and fact I, that I, it, it mirrored my life way too much. It, haha. It's also the fact that the kids in the original Nightmare are seemingly like normal bunch of you know kids from that era mm-hmm. but this is just like man every even even like the jocks and everyone's just so depressed yeah. in this movie you're just like fuck like i don't feel it's like every just everybody like de- well, de- you know, just riddled with depression this it's movie. like you almost want Freddy to just put them out of their misery yes yeah there's yeah. no sunlight yeah. You know, and like you watch the original one and maybe it's, you know, yes, it is because they filmed in Los Angeles and versus the, you know, somewhere Beautiful. in like the suburbs of Illinois here. Um, the but, palm trees of, of Ohio. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, but there is at least some sort of like hope in that movie. And like in, the, in this remake, it's just so dire. But that's why Freddy and feels like, so out of place in the originals. Yeah. Because the, it's set against that tone. Exactly. But if you just set it in like a morose version of the world, a, yeah. a reality that everyone's probably too familiar with already, it's just, it's not as jarring and it's not as scary when you're like, oh yeah, someone like Freddy Krueger probably does exist in the world. And so it's like, it doesn't matter if it's a dream sequence. It's just, it's like, yeah, there's probably even worse people out there in this world that we've created. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, the other thing, and, and I've said this ad nauseum but you know you can have a million different Frankenstein's monsters and Dracula's but you know Jackie Earl Haley in, look indisputably a, a better actor you would say than Robert oh, Lynn, easily. a yeah. more diverse actor yeah. great actor we love Jackie Earl Haley over the years dating back to the bad news bears mm-hmm. love him in bears. but for me it's still so hard to see anybody else but Robert England as Freddy Krueger yeah and I think that's another problem I have with it. Well, my biggest problem also is just they were hinting at a twist mm-hmm. and they don't go with it. You and know, that would have separated yeah. the whole fucking thing from everything else. Changed like, the entire dynamic. And it doesn't make it. And we talked about this in the episode, but it doesn't make it so that you would just be rooting for him. It would just be like, all right, well, he has a reason. And, but he's still a bad guy for trying to he's kill still these kids. All these people, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, he's not, he's not, it's not like he's like this like antihero, but like it would give him some sort of like arc and then it, I don't know. It, it that would be definitely you know distinguished from the original franchise, and they don't do it, and they just go and fall back on like the the the, the sloppiest sort of like commentary on sexual abuse too, and it's just like yeah, no, it's just and a we bad said we had and we you know obviously went into depth about this, but the whole idea that you know they they introduce like five really cool things and don't do anything with I know. them. It's like what. You introduce all these really cool they ideas. They were afraid to be different. And they they want, don't they were do anything. It's just it's it's a total misstep. Yeah, I agree. It's a miss, and that's why we haven't seen anything since. You know, it's crazy. Ten no years. one talks about that movie. I don't know anybody that likes that movie, and no one talks about it. We, no we almost forgot refer- to, to no include a, it in the rankings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, know, no. I almost forgot to list. What, what, what's interesting that you say that though, and like people are starting to come around because they're doing like the reappraisal because the ten years and stuff, and. I've seen like three or four people in the past week on Twitter just being like, hey, saw the new Nightmare on Elm Street remake uh, was on uh, Netflix. I, I could have sworn I liked this. And then literally like you see him two hours later, like, oh, no, I was wrong. This is awful. Like, you know, I've, I saw like at least three people last week uh, tweeting like that. Well, that's and refreshing, actually, because I was dreading the, the inevitable Elm Street actually, 2010. 
Actually, pretty actually better than the original. Oh yeah, those are the most. uh, But those those happen. I'm telling you, get ready. That's embarrassing. Uh, Um, Yeah, it doesn't age well. And although I remember liking it, walking out of it in theaters with Mac and Caffrey, it is. It was. It was probably one of my more sobering rewatches over the last year. Just being like, God, yeah, this really is awful. Like I actually like the Friday the Thirteenth remake better than this. Yeah, I'd even argue that I don't like that movie. Spoiler alert. Anyway, All right, well, yeah, we are in agreement. Oof. Will it continue onto the? Uh, I guess this is our second entry of this list. Yeah, Mac, what is your your penultimate least favorite? Does yeah. that make sense? I think so. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with it. Freddy's Dead Six. <laughs> I love this new title. <laughs> Freddy's Dead. Freddy's Six. Re- was it Freddy's <laughs> remake and Freddy's Freddy's Dead remake Six. and Freddy's Dead Six. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Don't say anything. Yet. No, I won't, I won't. Don't say anything. Yet. Uh, mine's uh, the death of Freddy. Um, part six of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Mine is a Nightmare on Elm Street part six. Freddy's dead. All right. <laughs> keep it, AKA keep it real. Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Uh, okay, Mac. We had brought this. Like we had brought drop off. We there. had brought up Freddy's Dead Six recently <laughs> in conversation behind closed doors and and about whether where it fell in the in the realm of the rankings. Mm. Um, without actually talking about our rankings because we were trying to be really good about not giving away what we what we thought was what until today. Mm-hmm. And so I really did, when I started doing my rankings, I really thought hard to mm-hmm. be like, okay, this rewatch, did it change my opinion? Because I've always had a pretty solid ranking for this upon all the rewatches I've had of most of the franchise. This is probably the franchise I've seen the most mm-hmm. uh, to some extent. Um, I don't know, Friday the 13th. Some of those I've probably seen more than all the Fridays combined. Yeah. But... Um, and it just, it still was close to dead last. It's just not good. I was really trying to think of things that I was like, did I like it more this time? I think I enjoyed watching it more this time. It's not one I always rewatched. So I think for, in that aspect, I was like, oh, this is like, it feels new still because I, I've only seen it maybe twice, you know, in my mm-hmm. life. But unfortunate. But man, it's. <laughs> It's just not, it's the, the behind the scenes is interesting, you know, like all the ideas for it. Mm. I thought, you know, that, that, I think that's part of why I kind of like enjoyed it more, but yeah, it's still, it's not, a good part of just, the never just, sleep again documentary. Yeah. But it's also like one of the beginnings of like, like I can't name a ton of horror films that tried to tackle the real history, <laughs> like, or have flashback yeah. history yeah. to the extent in which they do in this movie with like, you know, or in terms of like Freddie and his wife and yeah, you know, and or, or like even his parents and all of that, all the stuff that we hate about horror movies today because <laughs> it totally like neuters the villain and it, it, like I guess we're supposed to be like you know we're supposed to care about this person like he's a serial killer you know like I don't want to I don't want to like connect to the villains they're not scary anymore but that was like a huge thing at this point. Like, everyone was just trying to find answers because I guess at this, you know, eight entries in or seven entries in, six entries in, people are probably going to be like, all right, what the fuck is going on with these characters and why are they still able to tick? I mean, this is the same thing that's happening in Halloween around this time. It's the same thing that's happened previously with, I mean, Friday the 13th, they do it again and again and again. Yeah. Um, and then even, even that's with Hellraiser, almost becomes, Hell, Hell on Earth a couple years yeah. later, um, there's a whole whole backstory for, for, yeah. for, for a pinhead. And so I think that that was like the impetus back then was just like it, it, it almost like fits in with the 
the Star Wars Insider era or the um, the you know Electronic Games Monthly or whatever. Like we we all wanted this material. We wanted to know more information. We were done talking about it on the playgrounds and talking about it on the school halls. Like we wanted the concrete facts and like. Yeah, it's such a juxtaposition to what I want out of horror because I don't want that. I, I yeah. never want to know anything. I don't want to know, like, I think the introduction in the first Nightmare on Elm Street where he's just with the box square is fucking great. When him assembling his glove and then you hear, you know, the oral history of around the town with the parents, that's all we that's need. Enough. That's that enough. That is all we ever needed. My problem ultimately with Nightmare 6 um, is that it's something that I talked about with Nightmare 5 is that the, the era is over. The 80s are done. Like, mm-hmm. it literally feels like if Nightmare 5 felt like season 5 of Miami Vice, like, this Nightmare 6 feels like the the the, the failed spinoff episodes that they did for Miami Vice, where they're, like, still trying to live the 80s when the 90s are already starting to take over. Or the decade was at least trying to figure itself out and to be what it's going to be next. And with Nightmare 6, it's just so, like, sad. Because it's like the party's over, and I think uh, even for Nightmare 5, maybe I, I talked about this because I was on the Nightmare 6 episode. At the end, I was like, it, it does feel like you're at that party, and like the party lasted way too long. Mm-hmm. Everyone's already gone, and you're just kind of like wandering around being like, all right, it's time to pack up and move on. And that is ultimately the feeling I get from this movie. What I keep thinking about is even though part two is its own thing, essentially, <laughs> compared to one, three, four, and five, those early films feel like such a piece like yeah, a, a, yeah. like one piece and it's such a jarring tonal shift was it two years later from dream child to this well and it's also it's just, oh, it just doesn't work for me incredibly frustrating because a lot of the original ideas was going to be a continuation and yeah. i would have i think this movie would have been a lot easier to swallow had it been jacob yeah yeah i'm not kidding like had it been directly connected i'd be like well i didn't love it but it would have made it would have made it like a, a new like little trilogy. Well, it's like my Halloween argument of why I like even Curse of Michael Myers because they were yeah. given all of this insane backstory and they had to do something with it. And it would have been so easy for them to just say, oh. eh, let's just disregard the first five movies and do our own thing. Especially like, six years like later. Like some people have done that <laughs> even as of last year. Yeah. And, and so I just said I it would have created the, a new trilogy, but I, I'm, I'm wrong. That That's not true. But it, it could have set up a new trilogy with you know Jacob and characters. Well, that's you know how I mean? they did the third one because you, you know kill off the saying, last or they, the fourth they one. Didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kill off the last kids. You can continue it on because you know the powers been passed on to Alice and everything yeah. else. That, so okay, it works fine. Now we can continue the series. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Freddy's dad, you know, I know. I think Mike Vanderbilt was on the episode. With he us, was, or maybe yeah. Because he, he defends the movie a little bit more than yeah. I mean, a lot more than any of us do, and he appreciated a lot of the Looney Tunes quality to the movie, but it was just too soon after that fifth movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was 10 or 15 years no. later where you could accept it as its own thing. And uh, that, and and for many more reasons, particularly Freddy Krueger in this movie is awful. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's no longer, because yeah. even in the, early, the, the, the the previous entries, he's not necessarily as scary as he is in the no. first couple, but he's still funny or he's got the puns or there's still a, a sense of danger to him. Yeah. And this one, it's just, it's total breaking the fourth wall. The makeups is, is abysmal. And yeah, it's a bad, it's well, a bad time. Somebody, I can't remember who, but, uh, when we watched it like years ago and maybe it was, be- no, maybe it was like when it was Blake, me and yeah, you yeah. and Randall were doing the rankings for the killings, but somebody like pointed out that like the characters are just literally running by Freddie when he's playing the video game oh, here. So bad. Like, like he's literally just playing and he's having just a good sitting time. there yeah. and they're just like, Oh, there's Freddie. Like, 
and before if he showed up like that was you know his reign of terror was going to take him in and like <laughs> now he's just sitting there playing a fucking 16-bit game like that's ridiculous it's yeah I, I don't know that that the whole looney tunes aspect of this movie was just like it, it's awkward because with five they are they're clearly trying to wrestle with the fact that like he's not as scary anymore but they're trying to bring darkness to it because yeah. five goes to some really dark places yeah. and he's cruel and then it, it's like they just kicked the bucket with that and we're like, oh, you know what? Actually, we're going back to MTV Freddy. Remember MTV Freddy? Come on. He's he's still cool. Party well, with them. Like, also, like, there's, there's people who are like, well, you know, like, it, it's set in such a, a, a Twin Peaksy yeah. world. Like, it can't be scary. Well, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the <laughs> the new Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, 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 not the continuation. There's so much frightening stuff in that. Yes, yeah. Twin Peaks can be very well, scary. The original yeah. series also. Yeah. yeah horrifying no, that's what I mean. stuff. Like, you know? So it's so silly. I mean, I mean, Wyndham Earl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, right. Well, you were talking about. Well, they definitely took, well, the they definitely to took more, more close. I paid more attention to the, the second season. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Side note the actor who plays Wyndham Earl had a nice redemption career story because he was great on Lodge 49. I agree. Yeah. So good for the actor's name. Yeah. Has totally escaped me. Well, I'm, I'm glad we we're paying homage. <laughs> um, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. Finally, you got. Uh, you okay. did it, Wyndham. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to our third least favorites. Do you think this is where it's going to start splitting off? Yes. No. No. Uh, no, no. No. Maybe next. Okay. Uh, not. Not yet. I'm pretty sure we're all going to be on the same page here. Um, Freddy vs. Jason Eight? Question mark. Ah. Great title. Uh, mine is also uh, Freddy Goes to Camp, and uh, there's a fight. Mine is A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 8, Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> okay, so we haven't splintered off just we yet. We have not splintered off, but I will no. say, I, I guarantee this will not be the same for Friday the 13th, and I mm-hmm. don't think this was the same for Halloween at all. I think no, Halloween, no, no. Halloween was pretty was much, we were all over yeah. the place with yeah. our rankings. Because yeah. at that point, I had become um, super fan for Halloween 3. And you were and just very was... anti-H2O, yeah. so all the rankings but were I think, thrown off. I think this is really good, though, because I think that it speaks volumes about the quality of this series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, and the amount of at which it holds up over yeah. the years, because there's really one movie for me that moves around a lot, mm-hmm. um, but it's always up there. And I think, uh, I have an idea I think you know one. we'll get there. But um, but yeah, this uh, this was an interesting rewatch because I had only the first time I saw it was in theaters, and I, I never saw it again until we rewatched it for this. And uh, you know, I remember watching originally thinking, "Oh, this all of this great, great continuity stuff was so cool." Yeah, and 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 it still is. I was still really appreciative of that, but it's also again the kind of movie that it felt a little bit like what you were saying. Like it doesn't know what to do. Yeah, decade wise, like it doesn't know what kind of movie it's supposed to be. Is it supposed to be more of a thirteenth movie, or is it supposed to be more of a nightmare movie? Is it supposed to be? In the era and the realm in which it came out, it was this weird. Like I don't know. I, I get the, I get a lot of the first twenty years of two thousand really mixed up. Oh yeah, it's really yeah. hard. The de- the two thousand to two thousand ten from two thousand ten to two thousand twenty, I it's really hard for me to designate what the styles were, what yeah. the movie films and all this. It's just very very bizarre for me. No, it's the only identity it really has that I could even argue is just post nine eleven. And like what? Well, that what did. a time! I know what a great time. Yeah, no, but like when you think about like what it did to the movies, like I mean, every franchise for the most part, whether it's Batman, Bond, um, or Halloween, 
Um, well, I think so, movies I don't think Halloween was affected by nine eleven <laughs> no, at all. No, but, no, no, no. Um, but things got gritty and things got like you know really uh, you know tense and and, and and dark. And I think that there's a cynicism that came to a lot of the films, and I think that it affects Freddy versus Jason just a little bit because. All the kids are pretty much just miserable in this movie too. Ah. Like they're not very likable. Um, you know, like Monica Keener is like fine as, as as her lead, but at the same time, she's there's like a there's this like lo- like uh, this like cognitive dissonance between her, like what we know of the character and what we're told. And I never really get a sense that I know this character. Like I know Alice, you know, uh, you know, or or um, you know Nancy, well, and like I mean, I mean the lead into the movie alone was a development hell. And this yeah. is another case though of they were chopping the hell out of this movie while they were making mm-hmm. it and post-production was also hell. I mean, yeah. you, there's deleted scenes with alternate endings, different character beats, and you can tell when you've watched it. I've seen it, I've seen it a few times at this point in my life. It's, yeah. the, it's the least lived in film. Yes. Yeah. It's, I've always said, well, at least in the last 10 years, I, I've truly be, realized the fact that theater is an actor's medium and film is a director's medium. Like I'm much more interested in who's directing a movie as opposed mm-hmm. to who's going to be in the movie. Yeah, and this is the, an example of well, this is clearly like a vision that Ronnie you has. You yeah. can't really say that about a lot of the other movies, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't work as well as no. six other entries. No, okay, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, like, like I, I actually like what he did with Bride of Chucky. Like, I, do I, I too. enjoy that's a yeah. fun movie, but the thing is, it's just so hard to balance the goofy nature of of the later day Freddy movies with. Jason, who has never made a joke in his life, except when he broke the fourth wall in Jason Takes Manhattan when he sees the, yeah. the hockey mask sign. Other than that, it's, it's and I just don't think it uh, it works here. And it, maybe it worked a little better seventeen years ago when it came out in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it was a three. But this is another example of something that the style of that era, whether it's movies or music, has just not aged well. It in hasn't years. aged at all. Like and and it's the nostalgia for it right now is really interesting to me. Mm. Uh, especially it's gross. It's gro- oh, it is gross. Because, <laughs> and I lived in the era, so I can comment on it. Yeah, right? I mean, my four years of being a high schooler was saved strictly by the Strokes mm-hmm. um, and the rise of indie rock, um, the White because, Stripes, and, and yeah, 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 yeah. Meet me in the bathroom, and even like Spin. Out, like Outcast and Konya and you know Excellent. like Blueprint. Like those are like the only records I could even think of musically that like were worth a damn still now, mm-hmm. and like. You know, you look back and even the movies and it's like if it weren't for like David Lynch and Aronofsky and, um, you know, a, for a few of the other like, you know, Christopher Nolan coming mm-hmm. up, like even film is just kind of embarrassing. Like they're like those summer blockbuster movies like are just fucking atrocious. Like mm-hmm. there's no real legendary films that you can really think of until like The Lord of the Rings or something like that, you know, with, the, with, with, with those entries and stuff. So like it's a very weird era pop culturally. And I think that for this film particularly to drop during that era it makes sense and it also doesn't make sense because it's like, it makes sense why it would work because, well, there's no identity tied to it. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the hardest part about getting this movie made is because they're like, how the hell do we do this? Because it doesn't feel like it's it's Jason 11 and it doesn't feel like it's Freddy no. 8. It has to be its own yeah. thing. And in a way, that's, its own thing, I that's say. probably what aided its develop, like final development here and making sure that it actually existed. Um, but at the same time, it detracts from the way of like what we really wanted because you're dealing with two franchises that, unlike the Child's Play movies, are very aesthetically driven. Like you know, you like you watch Nightmare, and there's a wash to that film. Like you watch you watch like you know 
the the Friday films and they have a, a you know there's there's characteristics about it that you have to kind of drill into that mm-hmm. you don't really need to do that with child's play and like it, it, like you know as long as you have like the doll and he has like the one like, there's something about that that can just kind of he can kind of puncture you know one reality to another as you know Don Mancini has proven for the mm-hmm. last 20 something years with the True. fucking other sequels but with Friday and, and Nightmare like you really did need like you had to pick and choose one of them and like be like, look, are you going to get like Sean Cunningham to come back or are you going to get Wes Craven to do something or maybe even Chuck Russell, something like get the guys that created this to be able to match the aesthetics again. And they don't do that in this movie. Well, I think that's also an interesting period because 2003, you're still dealing with people who started these horror franchises still working a lot. Yeah. Okay. So that, but you look at now in 2020, I think we mentioned this earlier. We've talked about it off mic is so many of the horror movies, just any genre movies today are based or or, are directed or written by huge fans of these other movies who probably have a better, a better handle on those movies and their creators with at this point. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Oh, totally. Like you talk about like, I would rather see maybe it's a controversial opinion. I would rather, like I was excited that it's not controversial. Forget it. I was more excited that, James Mangle will be directing Indiana Jones movie at this point than Steven Spielberg. Totally. That's not taking anything away from the, in my opinion, like 30 plus years of near flawless work by probably the most accomplished director of all time. Okay. Mm-hmm. But at this point in life, in his life, I would prefer to see James Mangle do it. So that long story short, I agree. let's bring in the new blood. Uh, Friday 13th <laughs> oh. part seven reference to, uh, to, if we're going to bring these things back, let's have some, True fans and not gun for hires. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because Ronnie, you also not. I think he even says in a documentary he was like a huge fan of Freddie or Jason. Like, what, 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 what are you doing? The producers doing? were a huge fan of him. And, and like I said, and the writers. He, yeah, he made it. It's really fun movie I saw years ago. I think it's called The Bride of a Thousand Cuts or something like that. Yeah, which is what got him Bride of Chucky. Yeah, and Bride of Chucky works because Chucky has always been a foul mouth, yeah. little little freak. After Child's Play <laughs> yes, 2, right. it's like anything goes. Exactly. It's yeah. a funhouse movie. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But anyway, that's I, we digress. I will say, though, the, the, the biggest credit for this film, and this is basically cribbing from uh, Brad Miska of Bloody Disgusting, mm-hmm. like a couple weeks ago, he said, this film should have an award just for existing. Because it's true. Like, it is wild to think that this movie did happen, and it does exist, and it's like the actual studios. I mean, nowadays this shit is, you know, a dime a dozen. Yeah. But at the time, like, it's like, that was a huge thing. Like, I remember like sitting in the theater and being like, I cannot fucking believe this is happening. I agree. And, and it was a huge, there hit. was, there, there was a nostalgia factor to that. Yeah. Just, just to mm-hmm. the accomplishment of like, I can't believe this, but I'm actually watching this. So you were inclined to like it a lot more than, yeah. than it probably deserves. Um, and that's why it's so low on our list. Yeah. I think a perfect example of that type of nostalgia, Mac, is when the X-Files came back. Yeah. And we were so forgiving of those first few episodes because it was just, oh my God, Mulder and Scully are back every week. The, the credits are back. Yeah. There's Skinner. The Cigarette Smoky Man's back. And we're just so wrapped up in our memories and our fond memories of the show yeah. that it doesn't hold up, obviously, upon rewatch. Now, a more positive example would be Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, in my opinion, has held up mm-hmm. even after the thrill of seeing Ash back after like, yeah. 20, yeah. 25 yeah. years. You know? It was because they figured out how to do it. Yeah. It's like not only just to bring it back, but like to bring it back that makes sense. And I don't know. I And they were fans of the original yeah. and Sam Raimi still has the touch yeah. in my opinion. I will say there is a, a movie that'll be higher on this list uh, is a documentary 
about this movie like that needs to be made and mm-hmm. i think that's if i would be more interested in that going forward than never revisiting this film again is to watch like a five-hour <laughs> documentary strictly about how this movie well there was a made. there was a great book i believe yeah. right about the the freddie versus jason all the unproduced scripts and all this other stuff because i mean like there were like tommy jarvis was at one point supposed to be in this yeah. like alice was supposed to be in this like, and, and to me maybe those would have been disastrous but you get the sense that those are actual fans of the franchise yeah. or including you know, Alice, who hasn't been talked about in, at that point, like 14 years. Yeah. And then Tommy Jarvis hasn't been in the movie in almost 20, 20 years at that point. But we'll never know. Somewhere Fully. in an alternate universe. All right. Well, that's probably the last time I'm ever going to talk about Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> Until <laughs> later this year for the Freddy vs. Jason Friday the 13th episode. Oh, we got to figure out how the hell we're going to do that. I know. I don't know how we're going to do that yet. Um, you, we were, you were kicking around some ideas, but I don't... I don't well, you know, says I wasn't on that episode. So you could just... So I'll have to be on that yeah. episode yeah. figure it out. I might just sit that one out. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll just have Ronnie you on. <laughs> Ronnie. We'll put Ronnie on the stand. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on. I think we're still going to be on the same page here. That's my suspicion. And it's not a negative thing. I think it might just be a positive thing. Mm-hmm. But um, Mac, what is your, your, your fourth least favorite or... Your sixth favorite entry, Dream Daddy Five. Dream Daddy Five, Mike. <laughs> uh, yes, it's uh, there's a baby, mm. and it's Freddy's. Ah, uh, mine is of course, uh, it's a boy. <laughs> it's a boy. <laughs> so we are all still on board. Um, wow. Yeah, still on board. That's pretty, five pretty in, crazy, yeah. four in. We're on board. Yeah. Mac, your thoughts about A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five: The Dream Child. Uh, I remember as a child, as a young child, I did not think this movie was very good, mm-hmm. uh, even then. Uh, I like it a whole lot more now. The, mm-hmm. the, the, I feel like the latter trilogy, the Dream Warriors through Dream Daddy 5, are <laughs> really hold up. And, I, and I'm making jokes, but I, I do five. think that that latter trilogy has a weird, cohesive, and just dirty aesthetic that has just still hold, holds up for me when I watch mm-hmm. it. It's still really gross to watch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's still um, really effective. Uh, and I think some of the... I mean, it's it says something when some of the most creative and, and, and horrifying deaths are in the fifth entry. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's where I go to when I think of Freddy. I think of, you know, him feeding, Ugh. you know, uh, Greta. Greta and... That all those the kinds of things from four and five, um, and I and I put up four and five next to each other again, and to to think, okay, but did I like five more than four? And it's like, no, 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 I I, I still like five le- less, but um, that's just has to do with Jacob. I just hate that. that gets <laughs> weird and creepy, and but I you know he serves. I mean he serves his purpose. Yeah, yeah. he does a great job because like he's, you know, he's supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to not know like who this is, and yeah, um, but I, I'm with you with that because I think what this film gets right are the things that nightmare four gets wrong. I, I actually think the supporting cast is phenomenal um, in the sense that you actually really do care about the characters. You get actually experience some time with the characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas like literally nightmare four is it, it's, it's like a parody of itself. Like people will walk up. Oh my God, I hate bugs. And that's literally like the only, you're such a brainiac. You know? Yeah. You're yeah. such a, like what a crazy person over here. Don't and like, your inhaler. Wow. A football jock. Um, <laughs> like it, it's, it's just like so archetypal. Well, wait, and, I'm like, sorry. We haven't we haven't started talking about this yet. We haven't gone through it yet. 
Which no, one? We're we doing all, five. We all agreed. Okay. Yeah, we're all oh, for five. five. Oh, sorry, yeah. we've already started talking about <laughs> four. Like, yeah. We're still, no, we're, well, talk, we're comparing you're five and it four. Sound like you like five more than four. So no, no, no. I no. And, 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 and we'll get to that later. We'll yeah. get to that. <laughs> but here's anyway, the thing, though. Sorry. I think I think as a whole, though, Nightmare Five. Um, it, it, there's something about the Jacob storyline that they just don't nail right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and in the and that's what makes it a little. That's what detracts it for me. And also, Robert England when he's not doing the kills is pretty fucking insufferable in this movie. I mean, this movie, strangely enough, even though I actually do like it, has a Freddy problem. Yes. <laughs> which is a testament to the MVP for me, I guess it would be Stephen Hopkins because he does, we mentioned this earlier that he does bring it back to this kind of uh, gothic-y overtone mm-hmm. that was completely gone mm-hmm. in the last couple movies. And I do, I mean, there's some stuff, especially in the beginning of the movie that is still pretty eerie yeah. the way it's shot in that insane asylum and then even the and speaking the ending of is, is so surreal too films that touch on uh origin stuff yeah this is the this is one of the few horror sequels that do that in a way that it was very unsettling mm-hmm. and it didn't change my opinion of freddy or any of this stuff but that entire sequence in the beginning with the thousand maniacs mm. and then the nun being left there is just is horrifying idea and just the 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 nun like showing up here and there like that was almost a creepy element in itself it, mm-hmm. it, it, it it's weird that those elements work yeah in a freddy you know realm but like the ghost nun and the ghost like just all that stuff like it it, it really creeped me out because that whole idea and that story is is very scary yeah i would never want to see that movie no 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 no. but i liked how they used it in telling this story it was it was one of the few times where they 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 delve into freddie's history in a way that i felt served more served the the story more than than just like making him not he was still he's still just as frightening yeah you know what i mean exactly it's not like it's not trying to to make us care about like oh well you know you had a really hard life and that's yeah. why you're doing this like it's not it's not it doesn't like humanize that. him at all it doesn't humanize him no. because that's it's just how he was created it's just connective it, tissue to understand and, and it's and it's and it's not trying also it's not trying to make an excuse like that's why he was the way he was it's like no that's just that's just another horror story of what happened to his to his mother. Yeah. And, that's, and that's why she's haunted now. An interesting take I feel that the franchise made was really trying to humanize Amanda Kruger. Because not only is she a pivotal part in this, she's also a pivotal part in the third one, too. Yeah. You know I mean? They could have just easily said, yeah. oh, his mother was assaulted. Yeah, and no, no. They really try to like show, no, this really... No, they go back. They give her a character. Which I mean, I like the, sta- the stakes are high. I, I think you're right. I think they do kind of mishandle the Jacob stuff a little bit. But... Um, I got to give it credit for it for a continuing the story that yeah. they've been yeah, telling, yeah. regardless if they didn't want to do that with the or they want to break away. Uh, it's one of the again one of the only franchises out there that where the continuity is pretty solid for the most part. I mean, even the father, like Alice's father, is like a bigger character in this. He gets a redemption, you know, and and, and that's like a, such a cool little arc there that we. I remember us talking about that a lot in the episode, but. So I, I think I saw part five before I saw part four. Mm. So when I saw part four, I was like, wow, her dad was really a jerk. <laughs> you know what I mean? But also, I, I think if we're going to continue to give the uh, the pluses here, I, I think that when you have experience and you know that you've accomplished something, I think that can help you as an actor. And I think the Lisa Wilcox is just is better in this movie yeah, as, yeah. as an actor. Yeah. And the actor who plays Dan is also just better. Mm-hmm. So I think they've got a lot more confidence. They weren't, yeah. you know ingenues or rookies like they were in the previous entries yeah I, it's weird because it's like i when we were doing the ranking for this 
four and five, I kept switching back and forth yeah. on these, um, which isn't a spoiler at all. For oh, wait, my next well, one, it but, could be. But then you know, maybe ultimately you decided it was the best one. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, I I think with 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 five, I I want to say this is maybe the last time I was ever really scared of Freddy. Um, at least just even if it was just for momentarily, you mm-hmm. know, like like the stuff like you mentioned, like the Greta scene, even the comic book, uh, you know, the scene with like him getting torn apart and mm-hmm. stuff like that. As a kid, that, like that generally like creeped me out, like because there's something really eerie about like just losing agency of your body and becoming this fucking like cartoon papery thing, which is like really eerie. Well, um, let's just get to it though. Dan's death. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, think stuff like that. This, like, these yeah. are the kills, and these are the things that I uh, that I go back to a lot. A yeah. lot more because they're just so viscerally unnerving and unforgiving. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the deaths were cut down significantly when they came out in theaters, right? And they're a lot more horrific. You can go seek them out on YouTube, yeah. especially Dan's death and Greta's death. But unlike, for instance, Friday Thirteenth, the new the new blood, which was completely no pun intended butchered. Yeah, and the movie suffers for that because you don't get. It, it's like imagine if the Greta scene was just him saying "open wide" and then they cut. Yeah. That is pretty much what happens to the new blood. Like, yeah, you know, you got a makeup can't director. Wait, can't wait. To talk anyway, about it. it's so it's such a frustrating experience yeah. to think about. Um, where were we in part five? Oh, what I really wanted to say was, um, at least at this point, you know, things can always change when we watch more of these movies and all these franchises. But I think this might be the only horror franchise in which I would go to bat for the for every uh, entry in the of the first five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't say that about Friday. I can't say no. that about Hellraiser. Um, Halloween. I can't say that about even Child's Play. The list goes Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Believe oh. it or not, can't say that about <laughs> yeah. the second wow. one. Wow, what a shocker! Yeah. Um, they probably won't be doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't series, think so. Right? No, gun to my head, maybe. I mean, they're talking about rebooting it again. So hey, oh, yeah. maybe there's you some never topical know. another official there. second entry. I'm I don't sure. want to uh, speak too soon, but oh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, saw his family though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so. We're still on board here, so I think at, at this point, I think we're all going to be yeah, I think we're positive yeah. about the Elm Street movies anyway. Mac, what is your fifth favorite entry of the Elm Street series? Oh, just Dream Master 4. Dream Master 4. Um, well, don't say anything. Yeah, Dream Master 4. Mike? Yeah, it's a Roach Motel for me. Roach yeah. Motel for you. Yeah. Um, mine is uh, the one with the Drama Rama song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is unbelievable. Where are, we, are we five deep? We're on yeah. the same page. All on the same page. I guarantee the next four are going to yeah, be Yeah, I agree. There's I agree. A, there's a, yeah, there's it's a, definitely going to change. Uh, there's an awkwardness. Here. Uh, can I leave this one off? <laughs> Go for it. Rennie Harlan. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you think, here we go. Um, maybe I've got like my ranking of you know directors. Oh, no. Where is he at? He's, he's, I don't think I've seen five of his movies, so I can't say he's that low, but... You don't think of him as a visionary director. He's no. kind of a flat director in a lot of ways. But I love the aesthetic of this movie. Me too. And I think this is, when you, you think of Rock and Roll Freddy, and maybe that's kind of the demise of the franchise, it's at its peak here, but it still works. Yep. It still feels like it's part of the Elm Street franchise. I just love the red and blue. I love mm-hmm. the whole the style of it all, the nightmares. Freddy's makeup is great. I think... You know, you you get this whole new story that, that figures out a way to continue the franchise because you feel like you've maybe hit a dead end after Kristen dies and and the other people die. Um, the the script is yeah. it's a good story, of course. Was it? Uh, I think Brian Helgeland, mm-hmm. who would win an Oscar ten years later, God. 
was responsible for it. Great soundtrack. Soundtrack is Great one of the best 80s like, slasher yeah. soundtracks of all time. Um, less dated than like the faculty soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no shots to Robert Rodriguez. I know, I know. It works for me. I, I, it's still... It might be the most... I can just throw it on and, and mm-hmm. enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not saying, obviously, there's. I think there's four movies better, but I think it's the most... Have it on the background and you can still get a good time with it. Mac? Uh, for me, this movie has it it does a lot of the things that we've been talking about it continues the story in a way that is extremely respectful to the prior films Mm -hmm. where you 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 started off by killing two of the three personal three three of the personal faves of this of the franchise at that point um leaving you with a bunch of newbies that by no means should you like but you end up really loving lisa wilcox in this movie and just some of the like her brother just some of these characters uh just and then even though we always joked about dan being like a total meathead in this movie he ends up becoming someone you really care about in the fifth one Mm -hmm. and uh and i i just i love that fact and something that the remake's missing that this movie gets right is it introduces new dream shit that is cool and Mm -hmm. they run with it like the time loop and uh it really, if this this movie exists, and then the fifth one, the fifth one doesn't exist without this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this this is where I was like, okay, this is it's become its own new little trilogy mm-hmm. in the middle of the series, and I was okay with that, and I was totally on board. And I don't know a lot of other franchises that have been able to do that, where it's shifted characters, maybe TV series, yeah. but like. I would say like Friday Night Lights. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, like yeah. that's ha- that's that cast point. changed. There's, there's a solid, like Freddie would be the coach. It <laughs> coaches through all the seasons, but that cast of characters changes constantly because that's the reality of what would happen if that's, if that, you know, in that world. And, uh, it, and it just gets better. And you're, you're just as on board with some of those characters and care about them just as much as you care about like Nancy in the first movie, as you do about like Kincaid or, you know, Joey, Joey, and Kristen, Kristen, uh, everybody. So, and Lisa Wilcox is just like Love such her. a great transformation in that movie. And just when you think like maybe like like after Nancy and Kristen, you're you're just like okay, well, how are they going to do like another cool protagonist? And they're like, man, they like knock it out of the park at the end yeah, of that movie yeah. with her. You Mine. know, I just love that transformation. I love how she becomes so cool and. Um, yeah, so the, it, it, for all those reasons, it it, it, it surpasses five just enough um, where uh, I, I, I'm putting it higher than five. Yeah, the the recalibration is certainly one of the biggest muscles that this flexes, uh, for sure. I, I mean, one of the things that's, that's also interesting about it is that this might be one of the, God, only times I could think of in horror sequel history where the self-awareness just fucking, like, was... It was it, it just it hit the all the right you know targets mm-hmm. you know and that never happens when you're so self aware and like this is so like this is aware of its fandom it's aware of the appeal um and just the 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 imagination that it wields because of it is just it's, it's jaw dropping now I mean like we we talk about that in the episode but like all the practical effects in this movie are just are are surreal and gripping. And and they stick with you. I mean, when I think of like nightmare, I the first things you know. Obviously, people think of like the wall stuff from like the the first one. But like, 
it's really like the theater sequences here, like mm-hmm. when she's like flying into well, it. Let me stop like, you there. I want to investigate that because I really wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Is that the most underrated sequence of the franchise? I think Is the so. diner into the theater? Yeah. I think that. Just with every, when, it, so when it pans well back and, and they don't make a point of it. No. But, but everyone's there in the theater with her. And they're just slowly applauding. And, but you, you, if you're not looking, you wouldn't no. really pay attention to the fact that, oh, it's everyone that's been dead. killed. <laughs> or yeah. like, yeah. It's... That's more Lynchian to me than anything from Freddy's Dead. Oh, I agree. And that's yeah. before Twin Peaks, you know? Yeah, so. yeah I mean, and, and, like, and also, you know, we talked about uh, the, the, the sort of unforgiving deaths of five, but like this one has oh, man, the, like, the second <laughs> grossest and most damning death I have mm. ever seen in any horror movie. Like I, I saw this as a kid. It has stayed with me in for 20-something years, 30 years at this point. The roach scene, like yeah, it's absolutely. so fucking gross and so mean and so like, oh, just like. And well, that's and, why and the reason. I'm sorry, go oh, ahead, no, go but, ahead. but but that's why Freddie ultimately still works here because it's like that juxtaposition of him being MTV Freddie, but also being like, oh no no no, I'm gonna fuck you over big time. I'm I'm you're either gonna turn into a roach or I'm gonna take you and make you a meatball and I'm gonna eat you. Like there's like fucking weird sort of um like they really understand the dimensions the body of body horror yeah. in this mm. is is taken to the next level and that is something that really disturbs me yeah and i think that that whole the the there's something that we were saying where like not to talk about six too much again but where six would have worked better if the zany deaths and craziness of the deaths wouldn't have been as um a fail if they had showed what was really happening to them in real life, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, uh, what's his yeah. name bouncing around the, the whole, and, yeah. then, and then nothing is happening to him. <laughs> they don't show enough of that anyways. No. But whereas this, they don't have to show you what's happening in real life because the deaths are so gruesome in the dream. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Like, I don't know, dude, we don't see a lot of, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the, the Roach Motel. Yeah, you don't know, what you only, you don't know what's like. actually happening I, yeah, in I've real life. I've always wondered what happened. But you've got to know. I mean, it doesn't matter. You don't no. need to know because no. the, what's happening to her in the dream is so disturbing. Yeah. It, like, if they showed that in real life, it would probably just be bone splitting. And yeah. I, I mean, it would just be... So, but that's where this... this uh, um, uh, succeeds hugely in the dream factors. Mm-hmm. The dreams are, are doing the hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to see what's happening in real life, but when the dreams are just more zany and dumb and ridiculous, if you're not balancing that with the actual horror of the reality, yeah. it just doesn't work. And so this movie gets a lot of the dream sequences just right down to the bone. Well, like, it, and it does no what Renny, well, it does what <laughs> Rennie Harlan really does actually best is that he's able to kind of juggle the the kind of horror and the action in a way that makes you it, it, it appreciate the fact that like when you see Freddy you're like oh okay well you know hey look he's gonna do something crazy but at the same time you're scared for the kids because you know whatever he's gonna do is gonna be just merciless and that's a good that's a, it's a hard and these to kids have no idea who Freddy is they have no idea yeah you know, they haven't they've, they haven't been having nightmares and as that opposed to one and three you know and two is just used against them yeah like I. I just I know someone someone out there is gonna say, well, what about Lisa's brother's death though? <laughs> oh yeah. well, listen, so I had to that was that a there. budgetary. Like, yes. Again, that was all supposed to be a claustrophobia scene where you know he's in the bathroom stall and becomes like an elevator and he kind of just yeah. goes to 
Infinity, but yeah. they ran out of budget, so they have him so, doing kung fu with a I, I, a Japanese Freddy. Which is not. I, very I just don't want. I don't want people to think we're just like in a franchise. Fuck. Look, now. we're not. Like, we're not we're just like, yeah, we love it. We love it. We Listen. love. It. Like, no, that we if, go back and listen to those episodes. We're very critical about we're, a lot of we're these things. We're not dissecting. But you know, I gotta say, we're not dissecting Ozu's Tokyo story here. Okay, we're just <laughs> we're talking about the fourth entry of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, yeah. in which is a scene. <laughs> Where Freddy's glove becomes a shark fin and homage to Jaws. Okay, let's all <laughs> yeah. calm down. All right, yeah. there's some goofy stuff going but I, on. But I agree with you. It, it it does walk that line, Mike, where it it's it's like right at the peak of its like super self awareness. Yeah. But somehow still stays grounded enough where there's some fun pokes at that, like like the glove and just the sunglasses and all that stuff. But like, it is still there are still some genuinely scary and disturbing things that happen in the movie, and. It's it's a it's just a really fun entry. It's a yeah. roller coaster. Yeah, it's a rock and roller coaster. It's a rock and roller coaster. Give me some more Aerosmith. Uh, give me some. It's not anything, trying. Anything. It's not trying to be anything other than what it is. I guess in my it's, mm. it's not trying to be part three, although it continues those themes in an interesting mm. way. This know. is the watermark, I would argue, for the entire franchise. Mm. In terms of popularity, in terms of success, mm-hmm. in terms of imagination. Crossover. I'm crossover. not saying that this is my favorite movie no. of that, but all I'm saying is that when you think of Nightmare on Elm Street at its peak, at its nadir, like this is it. Yeah. This is it right here. And, you know, there's something applied for that. And I think for the rewatchability factor is a huge, huge reason for why I love this movie too. So Would you say like I, it gets an extra star for the Dramarama song? Yeah. For me personally, oh, for giving song. me that song. Right. Absolutely. Great song. Yeah. yeah. That's the first time I heard it. I didn't know yeah. it. It was really only really popular in California. Yeah. And like LA because uh, great soundtrack, yeah. great soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. All right. I guarantee Are we gonna split here. I'm, I'll say that the next four entries will be different. I think so. So let's not jump the gun. Remember, we can't start talking about the movie until we all mention it. So, Mac, you're number four. My number four, and this was really hard, and this is where we start getting the act, the rewatch playing a huge role. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, I agree, hundred percent. You mentioned mine are me. not the same as they were a year ago. You mentioned this that? to me yeah. when 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 we did this episode. Is now, and it has never been, but it is now. <laughs> you sorry, forgot. <laughs> Take your notes. New Nightmare 7. New Nightmare 7, number four. Okay, Mike. I am oscillating wildly back and forth in between which Great one Smith I like song. more. Um, I think I got to go with uh, Heather's Back. Three. No. no. Again. <laughs> no, hold on. Hold on. Now we're confused. Hold on. Hold on. Heather... Heather yeah, yeah. Lane. Oh, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Heather, so yeah, you're Heather. saying, Max, sorry. What was yours again? New Nightmare 7. And yours is? New Nightmare 7. Okay. Mine is Dream Warriors. Whoa. Okay. This wow. is going to be really this fun. This man. is going to okay. be crazy. We can't, we can't yeah. talk okay. about it. We can't talk about it yet. Uh, okay. S- okay. Side note, I always thought the Smith song, Oscillate Wildly, was just, a, was just his take on the name Oscar Wilde. It might be. But I think it really is just oscillating oscillate wildly. Well, it's kind of a double. You don't need the wildly because yeah. oscillating means that you're, you know, manically going yeah. back and forth. But you know, so. I mean, I, and Morris, he's a huge, obviously, uh, far right activist now. Oh yeah. But back then, he's a huge you know, Oscar Wilde fan and a fan yeah. of Keats and all Yeats and stuff like that. But it's funny because on that song, he doesn't actually sing. It's just all music. How about that? Oh, how about that? Uh, anyway, back he, to the franchise. <laughs> is he the uh, same as John Voight? You love him, but uh, can't stand. Love him, can't stand the politics. No, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Wait, that's the that's no longer a joke. It's yeah, the truth. All right, all right. Okay, okay. So fascinating. So new nightmare, new nightmare, Dream Warriors. Wow, that's and, crazy. and to be clear, we like all these movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Max. why it's so hard. 
your number three? Uh, Freddy's back. Two. <laughs> okay. Freddy's Revenge, number three for you. Um, the Revenge of Fredhead. So, two for you. Freddy, yeah, Freddy Tail. Let's talk about Wes Craven's new nightmare. Wow. All so, right. number four and number four and number three for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, let's talk about new nightmare. Mac, you want to kick it off? Yeah. Um, this is a movie that I championed forever. And, and as a kid, I think this was like my number two next, you know, yeah. uh, initially. Um, I, I still really love a lot of this film. Uh, again, like these top like five, you know, I, I, I love them all. For many yeah, for me, like the, 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 the top not, six, yeah, I, it's I, I just, like. It's just mean? choosing which one's better than the other. But but ultimately, um, yeah, I, I, I love the idea of him crossing over. I think it, it was really unsettling for me, and I keep saying unsettling, but it's true. When I was watching this film as a, as a kid, and really, I, I, I get really invested in movies. I'm much more emotional when I watch movies rather than when I am in, as a human being out in the real world. I just, there's something that where I'm able to really invest and it was really exciting to be able to watch these people play themselves mm-hmm. being genuinely frightened of what they've created and the idea that Freddie is crossing over. And um, I just remember that that trailer just nails it on the head uh, for me with that movie. And it, and it that trailer really captured the, the movie for me. So when I watched it, I was like, this is everything I wanted it to be, plus a little more. And... Um, yeah, I, 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 there, I think upon rewatch, Mike and I were a lot harder on it than we had yeah. been in the past. And it's funny because I'd never thought that that would be the case. I was so excited to watch the movie. But when I really watched it from a, an older lens now uh, and just a, ve- a veteran of watching horror films, I think that I was I had some more some things just didn't sit as well with me as it used to. But, um, but man, the things that work in this movie are just like solid. And I'll go into that a little bit more, but someone else want to, I mean, long story short for me, for, for honestly, for like 25 years, this is my second favorite. Wow. And, uh, I, I just think upon many rewatches, the last 20 minutes kind of derails it. Yep. A hundred percent agree. You want to talk about dated effects. That's tough. I mean, if they just kept to like, you know, you could have shot on the old Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Adventureland at Disney mm-hmm. and just had it be like dark caves, and that would have been enough. And I think that they really flex there, and, and it fails it in, in that regard. That was one of my biggest uh, yeah. complaints when we did the episode is just that it does the Craven thing where he wants to be this sort of theatrical action director, and he leans a little too hard into the uh, the outlandish and the... Um, and in the fantastical yeah and like the film is at its best when it is grounded and feels as if it's happening in real life and when they go across that highway it's it's right with the highway it's like everything falls apart after that for me Mm -hmm. and when they go back to the house and john saxon becomes you know uh, nancy's father that stuff's great yeah but then they fall back right into it where she goes in this pit and like the grecian horror thing like the the, the fantastical hansel and gretel thing the idea is cool, and yeah. if you, and if it if it had been, if he had gone to just like a little house, yeah, and yeah. that was, and they still do the oven thing and all this, I think it would have been really kind of poignant yeah. and creepy. Yeah, but it's it's just like this. They've got to like, yeah, like you said, they just got to flex you know their, like, their muscles there. It just doesn't I, doesn't. It's work. funny. Uh, Stephen Hopkins established a better gothic tone than Craven does here. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it probably would have worked better if it looked like 
the gothic overtones of of dream child but, but, the I mean, problem, but again it goes into the same reason why and i'll talk about this soon uh why i don't like the ending for a nightmare on elm street like mm. is that it becomes like the home alone the actiony thing where you're it's just not scary anymore and freddie becomes like the the game like the the, the 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 final boss and yeah. for me it's like no just make him be this like um you know omnipresent like omnipresent like threat and that's so much more effective to me. And I don't know. If, so that's that's what's the, ultimately the biggest judgment. Having said that. Yeah, now, I just want to get there's – there's a lot of positives, obviously. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, the entire premise of this is one of the most timeless conceits in horror right now. I mean, like, nobody's ever really topped the sort of meta nature of this movie, even with Scream. Like, Agreed. I still think with this, it's like, this is such a fucking smart idea. And mm-hmm. when I was talking about how Nightmare 4 was the watermark, this really should have been the watermark. This should have been the moment where everyone was on board and they were like, I'm talking about fans too, because pretty much nobody showed up for this. and Which is wild. Which is me. crazy to me. And it, and, it, and it feels like that, you know? And it feels like... This is the end. Like, I never really thought that they needed anything after this, which I guess in the sense, Freddy versus Jason to me always is going to feel like an epilogue. Yeah. Um, and why I'm okay with it, they'd never make a sequel because like, this is it. Like, this is this is like a, a an ultimate like realization of and a distillation of like the franchise and being able to com- comment with each other and Craven being able to kind of amend some of the things that he didn't want and be able to say the things that he didn't get to say. And so in that respect, I really love that. Not to mention... Heather Langenkamp is phenomenal in this movie. I agree. Movie. Yeah, and I, you know we criticized a little bit, like uh, you know, in the performance early on because she's you know young and it's like her first movie. In it's the, the same first thing film. with Lisa Wilcox and Danny. What's his name? Danny, whatever the hell his name is from. Yeah, <laughs> Danny. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and but she's great in this, and yeah. she she's so um, uh, like like vivid, you know, and and it's like I don't know. I, so for that alone, it's just fun watching her like carry this film. I, I you know, not. J- the argument against the movie is, I think, once again, Mike Vanderbilt has made some good points about this. Is people I like to use the word meta mm-hmm. as though it's always this like applause, you know? Yeah. But look, there's plenty of meta things that absolutely don't work. Yeah. And like you said, Mike, nothing, nothing had ever been done like this. No. Nothing. There have been no movies have existed outside of the realm of the previous entries like this does. And for that alone, that's incredible. And and the fact that they make it so believable that it's its own thing mm-hmm. is also a tough thing to do. And this is what? Three years after Freddy's dead? And it feels like it's a lifetime after the movie came out. It feels like a lifetime, yeah. In a good way. In a a way that it wasn't good how (laughs) Freddy's dead felt like 25 years later, even though it was two years after Dream Child. Yeah. And this is, in hindsight, the last time that the franchise is ever imaginative. Yeah. Because Freddy versus Jason doesn't count. I it really, I just don't think there's anything really imaginative about no. that movie. Um, the remake doesn't have it. This is literally like, and it kind of feels right to do that. Like you know, if they if they stumbled with doing the the you know the the funeral with Freddy's dead, you know, at least the wake here seemed to come back on top and mm-hmm. grab a lot of the imagination that this franchise has always been able to kind of run with. Something that I never really thought about before, but I, after the rewatch, and we didn't even talk about this on the episode, so a little new nugget for you, uh, is this is the movie where they could have recast Freddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Robert Englund still would have been in it, even that sequence in the interview where you would have had him as Freddy. But I think the reality that they're bringing this, the real version of Freddy into reality you, I feel like this is the only movie, and this could have been the movie that changed the franchise. Yeah, in that sense, 
is of a, a bit of a passing of the torch was is bringing someone else that that was a little darker, a little scarier, a little more real to the role, like and, Robert and Blake. So I think it was. A, I think it, it was. It's a little bit of like a. I don't think anybody would have ever thought about that at the time because no. I think they still very much thought like Robert Englund's can do I'm 100% a billion of these. That, to be honest with you, but I, you know, I think that would have been really interesting. But here's the thing: I think that Robert Englund, the first 80 minutes of the movie at least, is like a scary Freddy again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's a testament to him because you, first of all, you see him playing himself in the movie, mm-hmm. and then you see him as New Line Freddy in, yeah. the, in the talk show host thing, still goofing around. But he, he even just seems taller in a way. I think that's yeah. the way, that's the credit to Wes Craven's direction. He seems like a towering presence because he's got that long trench coat. He's got that the rock and roll pants. And there are oh, yeah, the, the leather pants. That's, the, a, that's an HD well, situation. That, that's yeah. the thing, yeah. I never knew I, I never pants. really <laughs> noticed that. We brought that up on the episode. I never, never really noticed that. But, well, like, but like the, there's but when he, just that When sequence. he creeps up behind the babysitter, I think that's uh, still Yeah, when he stands just, up, and, yeah. And, Great. There's a lot of things in the movie that really work for me in terms of Freddy's uh, scariness and and uh, and the kills. And even though some of the kills are you know harken back, like the you know when he kills her and the mm-hmm. and drags her up the wall and all that. That's almost that's but such it, an intentional it, reference. But it, but that's what I'm saying. It's, is not like it's, it's a lazy. It's a thing. movie where that that works because the whole movie is about the movies. The, the movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas you know, like that's why I have a soft spot, and we'll get there for Jason X. Because yeah. so much of it is a play on the prior movies that it's just dumb fun. But this is like not f- dumb and it's not fun. It's like <laughs> horrifying to watch these happen, but um, to see them happening in real life and uh, in front of this ki- this little kid, know. <laughs> you know, like that's what's yeah. really good Gage about it. Creed. So I, I, um, I, yeah, it, it falls. It, it's fallen in my rankings because. Um, because other know, movies have just got better for me. You just watched some of these other movies and some of the things that didn't sit well when I was young uh, that I didn't really appreciate as an adult, I'm like, I really started to appreciate a lot more. So I'm yeah. excited to talk about the rest. All right, so let's recap this one more time. So our fourth favorites, Mac, what was yours again? You said New Nightmare, New Nightmare, and I said Dream Warriors. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the third, Mac, you said what? Phrase Revenge? Phrase Revenge. Phrase Revenge, and I said New Nightmare. Okay, so that means we're on to our Second favorites. Mm-hmm. Mac, your second favorite Elm Street movie. Dream Warriors. Mike. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Did we fuck this up? No, no we didn't. No, we no. didn't. Okay, good. Let's talk about Fraser Revenge. Wow. <laughs> that's your second favorite? Your second favorite. Man. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Because I think that's for great. a while, let, let me give you a backstory since mine's the highest here. This is one of those movies, kind of like Halloween 3, mm-hmm. when I remember watching it on TV as like, you know, a 13-year-old or whatever, and it, my whole life I just heard how awful it was. And I remember watching it thinking, uh, actually, this is good. Mm-hmm. Like, well, am, I, am I missing something here? You know? I think people were trying to apply way too much logic to this, which mm-hmm. makes no sense because Freddy is a de- dream demon. You know what I mean? And so then the years went on, and it, it still had a bad name. I want to say... Yeah, bad name for like 25 years. Mm-hmm. I feel like really it wasn't until the last decade where Fraser Revenge was getting a little bit more credit. Not only because of the obvious, like the, the undertones that were so, that maybe weren't so much undertones as they were obvious, the whole gay subtext and everything else that's mm-hmm. going on with it. But rewatching him, rewatching all these movies, maybe this, if not the scariest, the second scariest of, of all of them? Yeah, I think this is this. I think this is, well. 
I think this is yeah. I think this is the scariest out of all of them. I, seriously, I, 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 mean, I know people are like, "Why are you no. talking?" But I'm I'm not talking about it's, great dream sequences, no, no, which I will talk about soon. That, really. Like, but I don't know. It's no, still the, scary to me. Well, we talked about this in the episode. Is that like? Well, <laughs> I was in my, my wall of of just uh, audio because I was alone in the um. In no, the I was. Room yeah, we weren't there for three that, guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna um, say, yeah, this is the but, one of the only. I, so I you get you get you two didn't get to talk yeah, about it, yeah. but like the thing that's really uh, affecting about this film is that it's an uncomfortable movie. It feels hot. It's muggy. It's everyone's really unkind. Um, the protagonists feel disparate where they really do feel like alone and confused and it captures probably the more like the the realism of what would happen with all this stuff more than even new nightmare yeah. um like you like the way that the kids react and the the way that freddie acts all of it logically kind of makes sense like you know like the way that freddie is just torturing people and like he doesn't give a shit about anyone and he's just going to come to this world and he's going to fucking kill his friend and he's not even wasting time at this point like he's not doing the dumb Bond villain thing and just Mm -hmm. outlining he's just going to go right into it and he just goes and kills and kills and kills so for me not only does he look the scariest but this is him at like his most like unpredictable and violent Um, like he is a fucking killer I think it's unpredictable because it is so different um from the first one in terms mm-hmm. of the action and and, yeah. the, and the quote unquote I don't use logic because we're talking about once again made up characters that were only like a year old yeah. <laughs> it's like some 50 year old lore that they're screwing around yeah. with you know what I mean they're trying to make a sequel I agree I think Freddy is as, as, as scary as in this and it's because he's he kept, he's kept in the dark so yeah. much and even when you watch you know HD viewings of this it's still hard to make him out too much unless they're doing an actual you know extreme close up of him and that's what's that's what Freddy to me is that scariest is keeping him in the shadows, which is why I think most of New Nightmare works because he really is just kind mm-hmm. of in the background for most of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. This movie keeps creeping up for me, and I and I I look forward to it creeping up even further down the line. It, it was always the one that I th- I felt was the most scary. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's my favorite, but no. it's it's definitely the f- most frightening. Some of the things that happen in this movie, and like you said, it's just it's relentless. And it's terrifying. Even when he shows up at the pool party, yeah. like that's seemingly like some people think it's kind of a little silly or that he's in real life now. And no. then he like disappears. And, but like, I think that they just, they, they nail it. And the, 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 the um, quote unquote creature design for him, that his, his just the idea that he's a little bit more witch like and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, really just, was oh, the unsettling thing with the dogs, <laughs> the, the, the you know, like, uh, or just like the birthing of him out of Jesse and the makeup's amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just got some really strong characters. And I think that when I was a kid, I, I think the reason that it got such a bad rap when we first watched it, we were like, I don't understand why it's getting such a bad rap. We didn't, well, we didn't have, we didn't have anything. Yeah. I didn't know dream Wars. I didn't know anything. So when you're just watching it as a sequel, Knowing there's a huge franchise, um, I you know I, I'm watching this movie like okay one of these one or two of these characters is probably going to be in the next one maybe yeah. or actually no when you're watching that movie you're probably thinking none of these people are going to be in the next one because no one from the first one is in this one yeah so you're like uh, you don't think it's of it as like a, a continuation of a story you just think of it as like these little standalone standalones and 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 I think that's that's also where it really works here mm-hmm. is because is it's it is its own thing. I mean, there's a little, there's little mention of, you know, the house and, and Nancy and all that stuff. But like, 
um, it's truly, truly scary. Um, if there's one scary thing that has stuck with me for my entire life, it's, it's the school bus. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's the shocking, it's the shocking, the shocking ending of the school bus, just like veering off and just hopping off into the desert. But not only, yeah, it's exactly. just like, it's terrifying but, but, to me. But like the location, because it's one thing to just go off into like a field, but like it's this barren wasteland desert that yeah. looks it's like, like right some, next to a neighborhood. Yeah. That can't really be, you know, which is so, that's always stuck with me too. I, I, another thing that's really, um, th- this is one of the reasons why we, we probably never really liked this as a kid is because like, y- you know, it's, you go from like the imaginative, almost Spielbergian wash of the first one to this, which is so like, again, like I, it's, it's muggy. It's, it's, it's like it's it's just it's a it it's, feels like a like a you know like a bit lower budget it's gritty like, like the camera yeah. Yeah. the cameras and the the way it's shot and I mean, stuff, it's a, it was it feels, a rush job it yeah. almost feels like a tv movie or something yeah. but but in that sense it feels more real yeah Hey, you know? uh, unlike uh, the tagline for Lethal Weapon 2 the magic isn't back um, <laughs> it's a little dark nightmares back. yeah but but also Christopher Young's score is fantastic. Yeah, let's talk about this real because we were on the episode. You guys, you guys did a good job on the episode. I think it was you. It was you, the horror queers, and was it also Caffrey? Uh, Caffrey, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, the score, brand new score. There's not yeah. one piece of the original nope. film in there at all, which is bizarre to think about any other franchise. Imagine like if Halloween Four didn't incorporate the the, the Halloween theme. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, all of these franchises just feel like they kind of do re. Uh, new renditions yeah. of the previous score. No, he just does these like single notes on the pianos. And this stuff. score, not only the main theme, but throughout is just a total nightmare. It makes mm-hmm. sense why he would go on to do like Hellraiser so effectively. You know what I mean? And the dark half. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, his score for it's the a dark good, half it's is a, great. It's a beautiful, yeah. elegant, yeah. yeah. uh, small town score. But yeah, this this score, if you put it on and I'm about to go to sleep, I would be much more affected by it than if you put on the Elm Street score, mm-hmm. which no shots. Yeah, I love the Elm, score. Elm Street score, but but this yeah. just. You know, like the flutes in the beginning of the movie yeah. setting the stage. The violence sweeps later on. It's the it's single so notes. Good. But dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Like that sticks with you. And it makes the atmosphere that's there breathe that much more because you're not being, you know, swayed by, you know. And I like Charles Charles Bernstein. Um, yeah, yeah. I like his original score. I love it. But Chuck like, Bernstein. Chuck Bernstein. No, I'm just <laughs> nobody. Because <laughs> you know, I'm going to meet him at Cantor's. Uh, Chuck Bernstein's coming Chucky. down here. Chuck I always want to say Elmer Bernstein. Yeah. <laughs> I love Elmer Bernstein. Um, but that you know, and I love that magical wash to it. But with this, it really does kind of embellish the 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 sort of horror there. But also the way that it's minimal. Also, kind of speaks to the, the 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 narrative at large, which is that Freddy is coming into this real world, and he's he doesn't need his you know his the tricks under his sleeve. He's gonna just jump through, either through Jesse or you know literally through Jesse, and he's gonna just use his fucking blades and kill people. Like, mm-hmm. and there's there's something really gritty and um, almost like Thomas Harrison about that. Like, oh. um, it just it just feels very like serial killer um, in ways that the the origin story merits it for. So I don't know, I. I think that this is like you're, I think Halloween three is a good comparison mm-hmm. because I think that this is absolutely the franchise's Halloween three that it, it just continues to get more and more respect, um, you know, over the years. I think my only detriment to it really is just, um, you know, there were you know it was rushed a little bit, so there was a lot of like script stuff that's like the narrative, mm, like yeah, a lot of the dialogue isn't really that strong at points, um, and some of the characters could have used uh, a couple more scenes to flesh them out, um, and so you know in that respect, but. I think you're right. It's going to get higher and higher over the the, the next couple of years. So, and there's you know, there's still even though it's been kind of 
uh, vaunted among the like, the gay, the gay horror community, especially. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people do also have some issues with some of it, especially yeah. the Mark Patton character. Especially yeah. Mark Patton himself has had a kind of a back and forth. Well, the screenwriter the character over the years. Yeah. And the screenwriter seems like a real yeah. piece of work. But so <laughs> that's why, if you really want to get really a great deep dive on that, you should definitely check out our Freddy's Revenge episode that Mike yeah. did with the aforementioned the Horror Queers podcast guys. And then, and, and then also, um, you know, Mark Patton was on the uh, Horror Queers episode uh, that they did live during Fantastic Fest last year. We'll and, definitely check and, that out too. Yeah, and he talks at large about how like this is actually is a pretty positive film in, in, in a lot of respects that you wouldn't think, you know, uh, you know, and his, so his, his point of view on that is really interesting and, um, was sobering even for them. Um, and, and yeah. like, because you know, like they, they, like, I remember like in the episode, they like, they literally preface it going like, like Joe and Trace are just like, uh, so he kind of schooled us. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the so thing. Yeah. This is the, like one of the only sequels where you can still have a, a great conversation about it for yeah. ever. I mean, there's better sequels in the world, but you know, you can just, Mm-hmm. People are people are talking about this movie much more than they were thirty five yeah. years ago. Yeah, God, thirty five years old. I know. Holy shit! Uh, one more thing, I just want to say that I think Kim Myers as Lisa is really good in this movie. Yeah, like really good. I agree. I, I like her uh, better when she appeared in <laughs> Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah, Pam, oh, as a librarian, Pam, right? Pam. Or, uh, yeah. yeah, she's great yeah. in that too. Uh, okay. Okay. So wait, that was so that's my second favorite. So we had to wait to talk about it. Okay. And what was your second favorite again, Mac? My second favorite was Dream Warriors. Your second favorite. Nightmare on Elm Street. And so we all different second favorites. So, mm-hmm. Mac. I think as we go, we have to talk about them. T- yeah. Take it home, Mac. What is your favorite Elm Street movie? Nightmare One. Mike? Dream Warriors. Elm Street. <laughs> so, Mike, let's you talk about Dream Warriors first. Go ahead. All right. So, it, it wasn't always my favorite. And I think mm-hmm. what I realized watching it uh, this past year was that when you look at Freddy and what the franchise represents at large, like this film is the perfect bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, if Nightmare 4 is the, you know, watermark and aesthetic wonderland that it, you know, that it, it wants to be in the MTV world. The zenith. Of the it. zenith of that. This is still when the franchise could connect to like Nightmare 1 and 2. You guys, you know it's been nicer lately and in Wisconsin you never quite know when winter is going to be in, but it's been nice for like four days in a row and I'm like if sunnier days are coming, it's time to fuel up and so I'm going back to my factor meals that no prep, no mess. I want to hit my weight goals before it's time to hit that beach. You've got options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, Factor has these fresh, never frozen meals, dietitian approved guys. And here's the big thing for me, keeping out of the kitchen as much as possible, two minutes and these meals are ready. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, you've always got time. So treat yourself. They have 35 different meals to pick from, 60 add-ons to choose every week. You're always gonna have new stuff to try. Have it whenever you want, it's effortless guys. So if you'd like to try it yourself, head to factormeals.com slash badmovies50 and use code badmovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code badmovies50 at factormeals.com slash badmovies50 to get 50% off of your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And feel grounded while also indulging in a little bit of that MTV um, aesthetic. And Freddie wasn't insufferable yet. <laughs> um, and he's still scary. And his one-liners are still effective and not just something that you'll put on a shirt 5, 10, 20, 30 years later. Um and and also it's very adult 
what I like about this is that the main characters are, for the most part, um, you know, it's a bunch of kids, but they're led by, you know, two adults. You know, you get Heather Langenkamp and you get Bill Maher. And the, the two of them... <laughs> Who we established, I think, what I say, I'm like six years older than he is in that movie. I know, which is kind of crazy. crazy. But the, the thing is, is that... It, he's, it, he's 50 years old. The fact that the, the adults are involved... May, there's something a, there's something really great about that and like it it, it, it adds the, it adds even more stakes because like you can't even like we, you know in the first two clearly the adults are useless in that I mean in the second one they're just getting drunk and fucking upstairs during the party um, pretty first cool one, life, yeah. yeah yeah first one like you know Nancy's mom is just getting you know hammered and eventually dies because of it I think um, and so in this one, it's like the, ki- the the adults are involved and they are trying to help. And not only are they, they're adults, they're doctors also. So like they should have more answers about this stuff and they still don't. And like those stakes really elevate a lot of stuff. And also like when you look at like the imagination here and the, the characters, like it all is just, it's so crystallized perfectly. Like I, like the, it, it's just, it's just everything I want from this franchise and like mm-hmm. the way it opened up the world and yet also didn't feel disingenuous to everything that came before and um, allowed for an origin story. We've talked about the origin story working really well. Like the, the, the origin story aids this. And so all those elements just came in together for this, like just, Again, perfect crystallization for me. And that's why it's definitely become like my favorite over the years now. And, and I know when I said this was my fourth favorite, I got like the, whoa, wait a minute. But yeah. I, I think it, it just speaks to me more about the legacy of Frey's Revenge mm. than it does about, to me, like Dream Warriors and New Nightmare didn't necessarily slide down as opposed to Freddy's Revenge just going up. Has just yeah. stuck. Yeah. It's yeah. hit harder over the years. Yeah. Um, great ensemble in this movie. Yeah. The ensemble great ensemble. Yeah. Fresh take. It was good to have, even though he wasn't ultimately directly, directly involved, Wes Craven's stamp still felt like it was there a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean, some of the ideas were taken from him. Mm-hmm. Listen, you got Frank Darabont involved. Yeah. I know, again, there was a lot of people credited for this script. Chuck Russell, The Mask. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking script. Smoking script. Smoking. Um, Heather Lankengamp. <laughs> What's crazy about this movie, they did such a good job with that because it feels like, once again, it feels like that movie came out like ten five years. ten years yeah. later it's what three years later uh-huh. she talks about that in an interview with us yeah and it <laughs> feels like the haircut alone make it makes it look like she's in her 30s which yeah. is a good job um and they all go get thai food all, together. I'm, I'm at it's the point now where i don't even know what i can say that hasn't been said about this well, movie like it's just the effects are great i mean some of them it's a great example of uh hd not doing wonders for certain scenes like you can kind of see through freddy at some points because of the blue screen yeah. stuff and it's the equivalent of when they reissued the Star Wars movies you could see the square boxes under the TIE fighters <laughs> yeah. flying around yeah. but that's not the filmmaker's fault that's, no. that's the modern yeah. technology's fault um, the score's really good again Angelo Badalamenti yeah of, speaking of David Twin Lynch Beast, yeah. yeah really the dream sequences are awesome in this as well I feel like I'm just like a, like a spinning record but you well, know no, I, I it's like it's like talking talk about the first Halloween movie like mm-hmm. it's all been said at this I point know, what else I can know. I possibly say to add to it I think for it's me, really good. The reason I, the reason this is my number two is that for me, you know, it still holds up. I think it's really fun now, but I, I always go back to when I first watched this movie and it, it just, it, it, I checked the boxes on a, a bunch of things that I wanted as a kid. A, it does something that not a lot of movies like that do where, like you said, Mike, when they bring in the adults that actually believe, mm-hmm. because I think that, 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 that's a really cool thing to do, especially yeah. for like troubled kids or kids that just 
that want to buck up against society is like, yeah, you still have the asshole nurse in this movie and some of the orderlies that like don't give a flying fuck. But then you have these two adults that are actually listening and mm-hmm. really are actually trying to help. Yeah. And I think that you just don't see that a lot. And I sound like a parent or something, but yeah. like I, you don't see that a lot. And I really like that. Um, Your son says hello, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marcus oh, Gerber. Uh, Tell him uh, those, those those checks are coming. Him, Merry, tell him Merry Christmas sure. uh, for the no. first time. I'll tell him. So ultimately, though, I really do. I really like that. I think as a kid, um, you know, or let me t- as an adult, let me say this so for another franchise. When I got to Goblet of Fire, <laughs> I love that book because it they open up. the universe yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and they do it in a really successful way. And I think that that's what happens here is real, real you have Nightmare on Elm Street and then Nightmare on Elm Street 2, uh, Fraser Revenge, which, which are very singular films and they're very contained. And then you have a third one that not only brings in lore from the prior movie, but also says, okay, well, that happens and this exists, but now... Um, like you can have this world and Freddie can exist in this world. And it's not just relegated to Elm street per se. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that it, 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 it grows it in a really organic and mm-hmm. really cool way and a passing of the torch, which I really appreciate. Um, and I love the idea that it just, it just pays respect and homage to the first film. Um, and, and, Jason and, 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 and takes some chances and, and does Jason some, there, yeah. I mean, just killing, just killing fucking Nancy is like, it's yeah. a, I did not, I was like, whoa, I was like, this is like, you know what's funny about this that. This is crazy. It's so jarring. And then the movie's over with 90 seconds. I know. Later. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I yeah. know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like really big. It's like, she's dead. They cry. There's a funeral. Amanda Kruger. He's in bed sleeping. The lights come on the end. Yeah. But like, this whoa. is also yeah. like the impetus for like, okay, this is where Freddie starts to go into people's dreams and and like what's the thing you're scared of the most mm-hmm. kind of deal and yep. then and then and plays on that and then they turn obviously they turn it around and so like and and as a kid watching like all these all these kids like i'm gonna be the wizard master yeah. or whatever it yeah. is you know i'm gonna be this badass punk you know with knives and like i just i love that idea of like taking like becoming what you always oh, wanted it's, to it's be very palpable yeah it's like really fun yeah. and um, just the the group, the team up aspect of it mm-hmm. is very, you know, when you're a kid and you're watching movies like Goonies and stuff like that. So the fact that when you have this, like now you have this team, whereas, you know, in, in coming off of Freddy's Revenge too, where it's just, I mean, it's just, no one believes him and he, and everyone's dying and it's, you don't think you have a lot of people on your side I and mean, he's only got, you know, what's her name? <laughs> Uh, in Freddy's Revenge, Lisa. Uh, Lisa, you only yeah. have, he's only got Lisa. really Lisa, and Lisa doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah, because Roy too is. But this is just like it's like you have a ton of people that are like in the know, and you still Rodney. can't. You know, you still are having trouble battling Freddy, and and there's just a lot of classic moments, and it's it it be, it's fun, and it's not as scary, but for me, it just. It, it just checked a lot of those boxes, and uh, it still does. I, I still love it. Yeah, the, the the my top four. It's kind of like we talk about this with like our Pink Floyd rankings. Like it changes daily. You could talk to me earlier. You could talk to me in a few months, and I might even have this as like my third favorite, or even my second favorite again, or something like that. But for right now, where I am, it's just it's there at number four because I mean, if you look at one, two, four, and even New Nightmare. I'm sorry. Did I say one, two, three, and New Nightmare? Yeah, they just they, they feel like totally different movies. They do. In, in a way mm-hmm. because of what came before them. You know? Yeah, and that singularity is very important. Yeah, um, I I just think that when you look at 
the creativity and how much of it is aligned. Like you're saying, like, like right when, you know, Nancy dies, Mm -hmm. the fact that it is over in 90 seconds and you don't, you don't feel like it's rushed. No, it's, it it earns it. Like it earns the death and then it gracefully and poetically just closes. And in that ending with like the light turning on, how you can kind of distinguish that I like that this ending, new idea now. Usually I always like kind of, you know, <clears throat> Papa Reddit threads and, yeah. and theories. But I do like the idea of Kristen saying to her, I'm going to dream you into a, a, a great place yeah. where maybe that ending isn't haunting. haunting. Maybe it's actually supposed to be an uplifting that Nancy's spirit lives on. Yeah. Now, I'm sure if you ask the screenwriters and Chuck Russell, they'll probably be like, no, nah, no, nah, it's ready. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the idea of maybe not. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't want to know. We said that it was kind of like, I think I remember mentioning that we that you could also look at it like that Nancy's waiting and Nancy's watching at the gates yeah. and making sure that Freddie doesn't come back kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I really, I love that take. And, and, you know, obviously it's one of those things where, you know, we're probably looking into reading into way too much now at this point in that sense. But I, I like, when there's I like nothing thinking, left to talk about, yeah. I like thinking, to yeah, talk but about. I like thinking, uh, I like thinking that that's, that's also a possibility. Um, well, ultimately, but in she, that sense, she fucking failed. I know. I was going to say, <laughs> because, like, you know, because Kristen's you dead next to next semester. Yeah. Hey, you know, can't stop a dog from peeing on bones. Well, there was a, there was an alternate opening. You talk of, about that. There was an alternate <laughs> so opening stupid, of, so uh, dumb. of dream master oh. where, um, where comes. Nancy Nancy's uh, waiting at the at the gates of hell and mm. um, and Freddie kills, so hell exists, kills her again. <laughs> so hell exists in Nightmare on Elm Street, but hell does not exist in Hellraiser. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No, hell exists in Hellraiser. It's just ah. not the dimension that the Cenobites are from. Oh, okay. okay. All right. All right. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> the Cenobites are not, not from, hell. from hell. They're not. They're from. They, don't they talk about like they're from a plane of hell? I mean, like the whole Leviathan and all that stuff's going on. It's from the same place that Lawrence Fishburne say, goes to in Event Horizon. You could say it's like a, uh, if Larry you want, Fishburne you can say, Larry I guess Warriors. it's like a, what some people consider to be hell, but like they're considered angels in some universe. <laughs> oh my God, well, no, so I'm saying it's my own fault. No, 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 because they say when they open up the, the box to some, to some people, like that to some people in some dimensions like that, they are angels. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? So like, it's well, yeah, not, there's dark so evil like people we, we explain it as hell, but it's not that it's not hell with Satan in it. Do you know what I mean? It's not the hell that we know from the Bible. Hell so, is just a name. Long story short, you're, you're basically quoting Merlin from Excalibur when you say it's a dream to some and nightmare to others. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so, so Mike, you, so I guess your second favorite then was, was uh, nightmare is, one is nightmare one. Okay. And then yeah. Mac and I, that's our favorite. So, Let's we might as well start off with with the negative. So, Mike, I think you alluded to it earlier. It's just the uh, the the, final the, the Wes Craven action ending that yep. kind of plagues Serpent in the Rainbow. It, it plagues <laughs> it does, Shocker. Yeah, uh, Shocker is another example of that. Uh, people I, under the stairs is like that. Yeah, that, that, ends that last with that half too. like is just no. I I hear where yeah. you're coming from with that. I think for me, it's just I the originality of it all. Oh yeah, is yeah. is incredible. It's got the be- It's got the scariest the scariest dreams. Because not maybe the most visceral. I think it has. But this, I think about. I think it has the scariest dream. <clears throat> That's it. Yeah, but I think that the Tina nightmares and the Nancy nightmares, like when Nancy wakes up and she oh, falls asleep nightmares. in school. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the actual nightmares, not yeah. the deaths, not the deaths. Not the deaths. Yeah. Okay, deaths. I'm saying yeah. the nightmares the, are very, very the dreamy terrifying. nightmares. I agree with that. Yeah. Of, yeah, of Tina's nightmares are, are like still get me the fuck terrifying. out of here. Yeah, you know, Nancy's are also terrifying and. And cheap in a way I like, you mm-hmm. know, for instance, when she's got Glenn following her 
and he kind of just peeks up from behind the tree. I'm still here. They don't do stuff like that. Yeah, really that, I, I feel like that would be some weird CGI now, where he's mm-hmm. kind of like, "Oh, I'm still here." Yeah. You know? Um, it, it's just groundbreaking. And I remember when Wes Craven passed away. I think I, I wrote uh, a piece on him and how you did. He doesn't have the strongest filmography by any means. He just doesn't. But he's one of the rare people that had like three. I can't remember the wording I used on this, but like three essential movies that paved the way for horror in mm-hmm. the years to come. Last House on the Left was like this grindhouse 70s. horror classic, which paved the real sleazy 70s movies that would enter into the slasher era yep. of your Friday 13th, because I don't consider Halloween a slasher movie. Um, and then you've got 10 years later, Nightmare on Elm Street, yep, which influenced the rest of that decade easily. And then there's that really strange period, and you kind of tease with New Nightmare, and then Scream influenced another generation. Yeah. And that's like over a 20-year span, and yeah. there's something you cannot discredit him ever. No. Because he was able to do that. And so I think it's hard sometimes if you go back and look at 84's Nightmare because some of the effects haven't held up that great because of the budget. And obviously there were stronger effects and a bigger budget mm-hmm. in those sequels. So they're going to look a little bit better. You know, like the staircase and, you know, kind of, you can see the holes that yeah. they're stepping into, yeah. you know, getting caught in. <laughs> I still think that's so visceral and good though, you know. Yeah, I mean, but, like... you know, again, so it's a credit, it's a, it's a discredit it's gooey, HD. Yeah. You kind of feel yeah, it. You know? Yeah, yeah. But um, th- it's still... It still creeps me out, yeah, and that's all I, I can ask of a movie seen say, a thousand times yeah. over forty years. You know, and I'll, I'll jump on that too because this is my number one. I think as fun as Dream Warriors is, this and as scary as Freddy's Revenge is, this I think marries the two in a way that is is hard to do. There are sequences in the beginning of this movie, just the opening with Tina walking around barefoot in this the dank, watery basement with like that that lamb comes out yeah. of nowhere and 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 the the music in that movie is mm-hmm. just like you it's just you're immersed in this thing throughout the whole film and so i'm able to swallow some of the stuff later some of the pills the bitter pills like the just the you know at the, when i was a kid you know the whole home alone thing didn't bother me at all um you know, this I, is I, before I, I saw home it before alone, home alone probably yeah, yeah. you know and like also i just even if you're like, oh, that's silly. Like he's he's he can be hurt, or now he's not as scary. Um, I wasn't thinking like that. I was just like, kill him, kill him, fucking kill him. He can, he, you can kill him now. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like, um, and and obviously, like years later, you know, you're like, okay, well, maybe maybe not. Uh, maybe well, that's jump on that point. As much as opposed I, to my issues with the finish of New Nightmare. The sequence after she pulls him out is really only a couple minutes long. I know. Which yeah. is good. Because if it was 20 minutes of yeah. it, then it's kind of like, all right, right, we right. Gotta, yeah. Nancy, we got to wrap this up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and I think that, the like I was saying, like the, the, the dream deaths, there's just, just classic moments like left and right in this movie. Mm-hmm. The tub. Glenn yeah. being pulled under the, the, the river of blood being like thrown up to the roof. The school. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the school, Tina, and the body bag being dragged. Uh, I mean, Tina's your, death in general. I mean, I mean, it's so fucking quotable. I can't say that about any of the other movies. Like, this is the only movie that I can quote like ad nauseum. You know what I mean? Like, and and I feel like uh, for that reason alone, it just it it is the beginning, and it is the one that set the tone and set the pace. And everyone's tr- everyone tries to emulate that in some which way shape or form i think that freddy's revenge is the only one that kind of sidesteps and does its own thing uh in a terrifying way but uh but they ultimately came back to the idea okay what makes nightmare so memorable what makes it so fun what makes it the one you want to come back to and it's 
it's it's the dream stuff it's the dream adventures basically mm. you know so and that's why dream Warriors hinged on that and then yeah. they content then it was always about how creative can we make the dream deaths mm-hmm. and that's why it kind of loses its way down the line but i think that that is it's the one that sets the pace and i i um you know i i just have a special connection to it. it's one of those first horror movies i probably saw when you know when you set out to watch horror films you, oh yeah you this watch is... the first you you watch Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were the three biggies, and that's yeah. why we're doing Friday next, yeah. you know? I mean, those yeah. were the three. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, obviously. But, like... <laughs> yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and the, stop. And but the seven feel, that followers. I haven't even yeah. seen all those, by the yeah. way. I haven't uh, seen no, all those. So, for me, that's... it's It'll probably always be number one, just out of respect for this franchise being so goddamn solid for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, But, yeah, like you said, it's like Pink Floyd or... Or even my favorite Radiohead albums, the the top three cycle all the time. Well, Moonshade I mean? Pool, like, yeah, yeah, Moonshade Pool, uh, <laughs> Halo Thief. No, no, I like Halo uh, Thief. But uh. so, Mike, you still obviously love this movie. So why do. why do you have it, why do you have it so high at number two? I, so high at number two. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is that you know, for all the reasons you just outlined, I love this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's a it's a VHS classic, a popcorn classic, to quote my uh, colleague uh, Greg Turkington over at uh, <laughs> the Victor Vilma, by the way. Yeah, right, uh, but. You know, for me, it, it's 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 kind of like the inverse uh, for my own Star Wars rankings. It's like you know, I everyone always puts Empire at number one. I still put A New Hope at at, at number one mm-hmm. um, because it's you know it is the original. It is a standalone story. I think I, I still appreciate and love the fact that it's its own you know movie, and you don't have to have, have the, the sequels. And even though I acknowledge that the improvements that Empire did. With Nightmare, I'm the opposite. I actually think the improvements and the world building that Dream Warriors does enhances mm. this to such a degree that I, I I don't. It's hard for me to actually even go back to the original one because I know how it's like going back to um you know original vi- an old video game and knowing that they've made a, a better video game of it. Like right now, I'm watching um or I'm playing the the Resident Evil uh, remake that they did. Well, I and, see what you're saying there. Yeah, and not like, to cut in too much, but like I I. You know, I've been playing video games here and there, like going back and trying to like I got that old retro Nintendo. Yeah. And I went back and tried to play like just Super Mario. Yeah. Which we were like enamored with when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And like and like and you can always say like that's the one, that's the, the original. Yeah. It's so fucking hard. And like I, I give me Super Mario three any day. You know exactly. I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. I, I understand uh, where you're coming I, I, from. I, I, I disagree. Go ahead, I'm saying learning uncut gems. Yeah. <laughs> I would I still know. much rather play Super Mario Brothers and play Super Mario World. Oh no, I'd say Super Mario Three. Super Mario okay. 3 is Super 3 is fucking awesome, man. I, Super Mario yeah, 3 is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Super Mario that is actually 4. The Super Mario 4. Comparison. You know what's funny, you know, though? That's a great comparison. You that actually, is a great comparison. Wait, the Super Mario 3 series. series. Because even Super Mario Brothers 2... <laughs> feels like an outlier. Feels like an outlier. That, yeah. 3 enhances the first one in yeah. a great yeah. way. It, built, it builds the and world. You, and you get to take on personas. Yeah. And then 4, Super Mario, I would say, isn't as great as 3, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> and aesthetically, pretty wild. Um, and and yeah. uh, introduces Yoshi. Yeah. <laughs> So just, like, just like the dino buddy that's in uh, Rennie Harlan's Nightmare. So I think we kind of, I think we just <laughs> realized buddy. that Friday the 13th is not going to be the next season. I think we're going to go into the Super Mario, Mario. franchise. Oh, <laughs> we're going to start with Bob Hoskins classic uh, with Dennis Quaid. <laughs> oh. um, no, I, so yeah, th- th- for that metaphor. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. No, no, not Dennis Quaid. Dennis, <laughs> uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Could you imagine if Dennis Quaid was in that? Well, Dennis Quaid was Luigi. I can see Dennis Quaid being <laughs> 38 year old. Uh, I don't know about this, Mario. Dennis Quaid would be a good Koopa now. <laughs> he would. Oh, God, yeah. Seriously. The Intruder. Intruder. Yeah. Scary. Remake The Intruder. He's King Koopa. And then oh, the couple God. is uh, Mario and, and Princess. 
I'm sure we'll have this on Twitter in about a week from now. Um, anyway, yeah. Just, you know how we were posting pictures that clearly weren't from the film? Yeah. Uh, for some oh, what was that, that again? We were about? doing it was um, I can't remember which one, but oh, people, we do it all the time now. Oh, it was for it. Yeah, it, oh, now, it, one. it was the yes. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was so we bored. Doing, I was saying Larry Cohen's the stuff was Sp- it promo. chapter two. Yeah, it was, it was like oh, here's the gang's all back because I like Garrett Morris. It's like here's Garrett Morris as <laughs> Bill. No, as, <laughs> so I feel like you'll probably be seeing some some uh, mm. some snapshots of the Mario franchise. Yeah, uh, yep. and, and we'll I think have, that is we'll an have, interesting revelation. I think though. we should have um, like, Mario in the raccoon suit and say, "Oh, here's the here's the Wizard Master yeah, the from Wizard Elm Street Three. <laughs> hey, you know. Um, so there, there you go. There you have it. But that that is pretty much my my reasoning for it. It's just I, I just love the improvements. So I know. think uh, I can understand that. I think how, one and how, three for many years were were back and forth. Oh, for absolutely, me. Yeah. A- absolutely. How about this? Our final thoughts on the franchise as a whole. In relation to... How about this? In relation to what we have remembered about the Friday 13th franchise Mm. and what we recently covered in the Halloween franchise. This is and will always be my favorite horror franchise, if only for its cohesion. Mm -hmm. You know, we've... We talked... I think the biggest criticism we had of the... Halloween franchise is that it literally becomes a fucking Rubik's cube of narrative and and it's just it's so transparent in its money grabbing and mm-hmm. cash grabbing and, and all that and I never get the sense that's the case here with Nightmare like I, I get this I get the sense that like it was they really were they were almost treating it like Indiana Jones in a way where it was like we got to find the right story we got to find you know we got to make make sure all the the you know the elements are right before we do it and they were doing it at a breakneck pace yeah, because they're going through all them. rush jobs yeah but they still yeah and each one of them even freddy's dead still has parts where you're like man that is really fucking cool and revelatory so for me it's just you know i'll always have i I think halloween is my favorite uh of of the classic franchises halloween is always going to be my favorite movie Mm -hmm. um out of it but the the, in terms of horror franchises like i will always recommend everyone to go to this one because it's 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 fun it's imaginative the rewatchability factor is great the characters are fantastic and you actually get a fucking story even Mm -hmm. when you get to Freddy's Dead and to New Nightmare, it all still lines up far better than any other franchise out there. Even, I mean, I'd even argue over Scream, which seems crazy to me. But you, you get, think it's, you're saying it's better than Scream? Franchise? I think, I think in terms of cohesion, I think it still oh, well, even absolutely. makes sense. I, yeah, I, like, I, I know. Well, I do a side note. I, I, I love. I read that that Scream Three feature you guys did. Yeah, and I was waiting for somebody to say, you know, actually, this is the best one. No. I actually, I love how the, the very end you're like. You know, I really still isn't. <laughs> <It's still, laughs> great discussion. You guys were all going back and forth. I think you did it with who was Trace on there? Trace Thurman, yeah, Trace, and, Joe, and Jen from and Jen from Horror. Yeah, and all um, guests on this podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll be guests. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so good. I was just waiting for like the submission to be like, um, I don't know about you guys, but I think Scream Three is actually the best horror movie of the '90s. I was like waiting for the <laughs> no. take to come in, you know, and it never did. Uh, was it 2000 actually? Scream 2000. It was yeah. early. It was 2000. supposed to be 99, but then Columbine kind of fucked things up. Yeah. So, Thanks you know. a lot, Dylan. Oh, and well, all right, well. everybody. Um, okay, so there, there's your take on the franchise. Yes, and I would yes. say, yeah, in terms of imagination, um, and yeah, cohesion for the most part, for at least, what, 65% of them, yeah. it, it feels of, of, even, here's the thing about part two. Part three obviously exists. It does, it's not like they say part two doesn't happen. It does, yeah. They kind right? of allude to it. People yeah. think that the the, per, the kid with that slice his eyes was Jesse. It, it could have happened. Could have they, they never say no. it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So we kind of move on to a different story. Freddy tried to possess somebody. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Now he's just going back to trying to kill kids. That's fine. They don't. They don't. 
completely dismiss the second one. So that's no. an important point I wanted to make. I think the peaks of uh, Elm Street and the peak of Halloween. I think Halloween is the best of any of these franchises. Yeah. I think the peaks, plural, I would give it to the Elm Street franchise. Mm-hmm. But over the years, I think just quality aside, like I could just put on any of these Friday the 13th movies I know, and just I know. kind of enjoy them. But we'll talk about it at, at length, I think. It's just not the same, um, I don't even want to say quality. Mm-hmm. It's just a different tone from what you expect from a Halloween movie and what you expect from an Elm Street movie, I think. Well, even just think, sense? Yeah, because we're going to be talking about the conception of like the Friday franchise, but yeah. like even just the conceit of it is different than Halloween oh, yeah. and Nightmare. Because like they literally like, put an they, ad they out without ad having out, a fucking and story. And Cunningham had no idea, but people yeah. were but people were like, "Oh, great. It's the ultimate just marketing." Yeah. It's, it's the genius. ultimate marketing story. But it also shows that like they didn't really it's, it's no. not like, you know, a level of like uh, high listen, end. We could talk about or, how yeah. oh, oh, so Jason was alive the entire time <laughs> yeah. when part 2 happens. The timeline of that is going to be fun to go over cuz it's I think part seven takes place in like two thousand. Yeah. And that's like that. the thing, though, is that and and I agree that this this as is is my top franchise mm. for for its solidity and the way that the quality of the movies across yeah. the board. Yeah. Quality. Is Say key. what you will about six, but I think one. I mean, when when you have seven films and the only real stinker in there is one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, they, they they vary in in terms of how like you know which one's better than the other, but. That is a solid franchise right there. I mean, I good luck. Give me another seven movies in a row that are yeah. pretty solid. Horror? Yeah. Okay, I can't. That's the thing. And Soft. like and I love and again, <laughs> I mean, love Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Very different. Very different. Friday the thirteenth is is the ultimate like, okay, this is what I would do if I made a Friday Friday movie. And the lore and the idea around who Jason is and all that stuff changes so much. It's never trying to pay too much respect to the prior movie. It just changes so much that you, you don't care. No, that doesn't become something you like really care about. The continuity is something you don't really care about. Once three hits, you really are like, Oh, I don't really, I don't really care about if they change it because they change. That is an example of something that I don't like about what they've done to Halloween. Oh yeah. Because Jason is the ultimate, Let's see these insane, obscene murders mm-hmm. and just kind of like, oh my God, you know, oh, yeah. throw your head back, like, oh, Jason's at it again. And people are kind of now trying to do that with Michael Myers. And no. it's just, I, I'm, I'm there to be yeah. scared by Michael Myers. I'm there to be entertained by these Jason movies. Yeah. You know I'm, what I, mean? I would be more um, uh, surprised if they could actually make a Michael movie where his death count is minimal and you hardly see him. You know what I just thought about at this very moment? I would have rather. And this is actually a compliment in a way. Have had David Gordon Green have done a Friday Thirteenth movie in the same tone he did the Halloween Twenty Eighteen. I know, yeah, easily because that to me would have worked better as a Friday Thirteenth movie. Mm-hmm. That's my hot take. I because guess that, I don't the know. problem is with the with the problem is with those franchises that Halloween is taken so seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that if you try to shake things up or change the story or do this or that, it just it just kind of belittles what's come before. It doesn't matter if you're trying to pay homage to it. And I feel like where Friday the 13th is just, it's always been just wacky. It's, it's, a, it's a slasher film. Yeah, It's yeah. a slasher film series. You can you, Those sequels don't have to be any good. They just have to be fun. Mm-hmm. And this, this franchise, Nightmare on Elm Street, is the best of both worlds. 
It's got a lot of scary, but it, it became fun at some point, and it's been able to walk that line pretty mm-hmm. well, where you're able to have a really good time with Freddy, whether he's being funny or scary, and and with just with all the stories throughout. Mm. I think they're able to walk that line really well, where one minute you're laughing or even making fun of the fucking movie, and then the next something really gruesome and awful happens, and you're like, ooh, that, that, I forgot about like, how scary that was. It's mm. a lot like the Mission you know? Impossible movies. Like the yeah. way that they grew those. I mean, honestly, like I mean, wait, that, hold on a second here. I just realized something. Much like Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> it's very similar here yeah, because yeah, you got yeah. part one, <laughs> which is like which is Mission Impossible. Yes, <laughs> and then part two is such an outlier. Yeah, but yeah, the, but yeah. the, the difference there to, is that like part two of Mission Impossible is a generally bad movie. I like, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah, but then part three tries to kind of, he even looks like he does in the first one. It yeah. kind of tries to recapture mm-hmm. the first one again. Calibration, and then part four has got Lisa Wilcox. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we have these foul yeah. points. It yeah. always veers off when always Yoshi shows off. up. We got to do a bit. We um, got to always do a bit. Long story short, great franchise. I had a much better time talking about the Elm Street films than ultimately when we got burned out in those Halloween hey, movies. Yeah, well, and... <laughs> oh, my God. You know, ultimately, my takeaway from these takeaways is that We'll probably never have a season of uh, Halloweenies uh, that uh, after maybe after Friday that's going to have this sort of longevity and quality. Uh, no way. Because that's that's it. Like, yeah. what, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. screen four entries for Scream. I guess. But, but having, you have to do like having you have to double that, up the seasons. You know? Having yeah. said that, though, as a horror fan, yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. Even those ones that aren't good are still fucking fun. I agree, yeah. and I think that it's going to be a lot of fun to tackle these, and I think people are going to have a great time. Whereas, hundred percent agree. Whereas the Halloween franchise, it's hard because some of those movies just aren't good. I mean, there's people that like them all, but yeah. some of them are just yeah. not very good. They're at insufferable, all. yeah, and they're not fun rewatches. No, mm. Friday the Thirteenth movies, even the worst ones are are still be a pretty lot of fun. fun. It's going to be. Movies. I can imagine even the bad ones. We're not going to be sitting here. Like we were angry at Revenge of Michael Myers, or like you know I mean? Resurrection, or yeah, something like that. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. there's just well, it's a different beast. It's a different, mm-hmm. it's a different beast. That's the best way to put it. Uh, okay, wow, that's a wrap on a Nine Elm Street. Do you want to take a, a fake? You want to do, do like a fake ad break before we get into the yeah horror twenty twenty? Well, let's uh, let's get in the bus. Okay, good good transition takes us out of Springwood, mm-hmm. and I hope you packed a knapsack. Maybe even some pads of paper and some pens to, to write to the folks at home. Because we're going to... Camp Crystal Lake. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> we're going to camp! So, yeah, stick around. Uh, so, the, yeah, starting next week. Yeah. On Friday, Friday the 13th. The 13th on what a great day. And the 40th anniversary begins of our celebration of the Friday the 13th franchise. Yes. But before that, as a bonus... Do we want to talk about some of the 2020 horror movies you've got coming out this year? Yeah, because there's no Friday movies coming out because they can't figure that shit out. So yeah, thanks again to Victor Miller and Sean yeah. Cunningham and Wonderful. Horror Inc. and Paramount and Frank Mancuso. Maybe not Frank Mancuso. I think he had nothing to do with it. I will say the fans have actually made some pretty solid movies uh, over the past. You know what we years. should do? Yeah, is there's one really good one called not, Never Hike Again mm. or Never Hike Alone. Yeah, and good quality. Yeah, you could tell us people who love the movies. Yeah. And a certain character slash actor shows up in the last ten minutes. Oh, really? And yeah, it's that is a fun. lot yeah. of fun. Oh, I gotta watch it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on YouTube. Okay, okay. Maybe we should get. You know, we should have an interview with that that director too. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's like millions of views, I think, on YouTube too. Oh, wow. All it's right. it's pretty good. It's as good as. And it's not insult. It's good or better than most of those other sequels. You know? Here's a question I just thought of that we never really did for 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 Nightmare mm-hmm. or even Halloween. Well, I guess we kind of did for Halloween. We were doing it in the adaptations and stuff, but. 
do we do an episode on Friday the 13th the game? I think we absolutely should because yeah. th- that's so current. Yeah. That's the only that's so thing current. in the last 10 years. Yeah. And it, that's yeah, such a I great, agree. you know, it's my fun. joke is, you know, I don't play games. I know. <laughs> it's not so much a joke as it is a reality, <laughs> actually. Just, but just I would actually come over to your apartment to watch. and just watch you play the Friday 13th game. It is such an effective game yeah, it's down really to fun. like they got the shadow right. Yeah. Like the shadows, that, 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 that that's some of my favorite parts of that of uh, the Friday franchise are just the aesthetics of like the the actual woods and like the way the moon yeah. shines through, especially in part six, because I love how like yeah. the shadow effects in that. And the game gets all of it, and it's so cool. And that's uh, I can't wait to talk about that. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to deep diving into just but, all the YouTube clips as well. I can watch of that. I love the fact that they brought in the original NES Friday Thirteenth, the purple yes. outfit, yeah. and like the, that's just it's ridiculous. So yeah, great. And they brought back people who did the voices yep. from the original movies. It's pretty crazy. That's an example of people who. It, this wasn't just merely a cash grab. Oh no! These no, people no. love the Friday Thirteenth oh, movies. Well, and fans shows. funded it too. Yeah, like they were giving it live. But hey, we might be stopping at Haddonfield again this year. I think we're gonna have to stop by. There'll definitely be a special episode. <laughs> yeah, I love how you trailed kills. off there. At the end <laughs> how much can we talk about this? So maybe I it's possible is... that we definitely read a breakdown of the movie. Can we say that? Yeah. That's so all we can say. there was a screening uh, yes, that was. happened. Uh, I, I don't know, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. At this point, I think a month ago. A month ago. At Seems this like point. an eternity. <laughs> And yeah, God. it really does. And it's going to seem like an eternity uh, when we review it. But um, we found a breakdown somewhere and pretty much read the entire thing. And wow, can't wait for that episode. Now, let um, me just, yeah, let me jump in here real quick. I, I cannot I, wait to see this movie. I was sent the breakdown. <laughs> oh my God. I was sent the breakdown. Okay. That's all you have to and say. And I yeah. thought I, I attempted to read it. <laughs> yeah. And I had, I abandoned trying to read it. Not as much out of frustration, but just I don't just, get too descriptive. But part yeah. of me just wants to watch it. Yeah. Um, however, <laughs> I have never laughed so hard at <laughs> listening to these jokers talk about it. Oh, so I cannot. Really excited about what they're gonna. No do. No joke though, because at this point, after what I've read, at least my expectations are at an all-time low. So I'm truly just looking forward to experiencing this. Yes. And and if anything, it can only be better than what I read. Right, it can't be any worse. Hey, as Howard Jones says, things can only get better. Great um, and here, and here's another thing. Haircut. Here's something I will say about this: the new Halloween franchise. As Definitely much made as by I, David Gordon Green. <laughs> as much as I don't, as I didn't enjoy the, the Halloween remake, and I probably won't enjoy these next couple <laughs> films. Um, I have to say, I have to give it a little credit for. We are talking about it. Yeah. we're going to be doing it. It's going to be fun. It's become like this thing that's mm-hmm. like. That's just like I. We can't wait to watch it now. It's it, in a totally different way. Yeah, it has become a just a fun watch franchise. And yeah. it, but like, it's 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 not at all what I ever wanted. You know, I I think about Halloween yeah. <laughs> and I think about well, like the franchise now, and I'm just like, wow, it'll never, they'll it, never be it, that. It goes back no. to what I was saying. About- so I have to kind of give up hope in that sense. But in that sense, I'm able to enjoy watching yeah. these and having a good time reviewing them and stuff like that. I was my, my bottom line is this: the yikes. best way to put it is this for me. I thought I was going to harken back to Carpenter and it just harken back to Rob Zombie. It, totally. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And you know, what? and people can. This isn't like people out there who like like Hillary's America doc, that that finished <laughs> the Susan stuff. Right. Like Jeez. like listen, if you, if you like that. I really don't think we're going to have anything in common. If you like the new Halloween movies, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. That's great. We love you can Halloween. You talk to Caffrey. That's fine. 
<laughs> we, and you yeah. know, <laughs> well, fellow Halloween Dan Caffrey is going to love number. this movie, so don't worry. You will have an ally in Dan yeah, Caffrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess we just talked about the new Halloween yeah. movie coming out in 2020, <laughs> Halloween Kills. Well, outside of Halloween Kills, because I know that's your number one uh, most anticipated Absolutely. horror movie of the year, what else are you excited well, for? Well, I've got a little list here. COS did a, a list, I think it was 13 horror films. Mike just slammed his head on the microphone. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Um, uh, that was funny. Good bit. I mentioned I mentioned the number thirteen and you hurt yourself so maybe there's something like, to it. Uh, Mike, yeah, thir- was it thirteen horror films? Yeah, in, which, uh, hey, in twenty twenty, maybe that was a little foreshadowing to Friday the Thirteenth. How about that? No, no it wasn't. It's just a spooky number that we were. It's use. as much as thirteen will be in the horror lexicon because yeah. once again, no Friday Thirteenth movie <laughs> somehow for None. the fortieth anniversary of uh, Friday Thirteenth. Uh, now a couple of movies that are on the list we don't need to talk about because they didn't end up being very good. Uh, the Turning was one. <laughs> And uh, I forgot what the first one was. And then there's the uh, Gretel and Hansel, which didn't do much. But, you know, I actually heard. Yeah, we had Fantasy Island on there, too. Fantasy which Island, yeah. But, you know, Blumhouse, it's so. Hit or miss sometimes. But it's so prevalent. You have to say, I'm curious. I know. Oh, yeah. You know totally. I, mean? yeah. I got it. Why it's on the list. I mean, they just hit it out of the park, apparently, this, w- this weekend with Invisible Man. I'm dying to go see that. This is, this is the first movie on my list. Yeah. Because you know, I know we all saw um, Upgrade, which was written and directed by. Lee Wannell from, I believe, from Australia. Yeah, I just watched that recently and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good movie. This is obviously yeah. a total 180, but I think our, our good friend Randall Colburn saw it yeah, yesterday. Yeah, saw it on Saturday. So it was quite good. Mm-hmm. I do have high hopes for this. I thought I, th- I just think it looks good. Yeah. Like, I, don't need, I don't need to hear about it from anybody else. It actually no. just looks good. Yeah. But it's a great take on the idea and... Yes. Um, the cast is great. I don't know. I'm just very interested. Very, very interested. Well, do you know who the Invisible Man is, by the way? Yeah, the guy from uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good the actor. guy from Haunting of Hill House. You know a guy from Haunting Hill House? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Timothy Hutton's back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of people in, in a lot of those. Henry Thomas. From, out, the from the man. Overlook yeah. to <laughs> the, the, the uh, apartment sky. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, uh, I, this is a you know, great case of you get the story. And then you can put it to the IP. You know, you yeah. don't just take the IP and go, well, we got it, so let's just make it. Like, no, you, they, you clearly had to figure out a story for this. And that's why it's, you know. And I like, because originally connecting. it was going to be, I think, a Johnny Depp movie. Yeah. Part of the, 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 dark the now universe. defunct Dark Universe. Oh, God. Oh, Thank God picture. they went away from that. Love that picture that exists oh, out God. there. Oh, the Dark Universe hanging crew. Out. Yeah. So uh, I think it's, it's safe like, to like, say. A, oh, yeah, this will be fun. So we've got a list of these movies plus some bonus movies. We can give like a thumbs up, thumbs down, whether or not you're looking forward to it. I, like I think that. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Invisible Man. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, oh, thumbs up. Way up. <laughs> All right. I don't know if we're going to agree on this next one. No, no. By the way, the, this guy needed to come up with another like Riders Guild name, but we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a second. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, yeah. D- directed by Michael Chaves, who's taking over. Yeah. The, 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 the directorial reigns and he of course is famous for The Curse of La Llorona <laughs> oh yeah from the Conjuring universe one of my least favorite oh, films of 2019 God. written uh oh by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick come on no D.L. McGoldrick or something like that oh let's come up okay. with another name I thought that I thought it was uh, written by old Dobby but I guess not no oh, no wow. Doberman has gone to become a writer director now oh wow now this here I want to say this I want to make this clear uh, Conjuring Two is a ba- is a bad movie. I think right? awful movie. I think we saw that together, right? Uh, no, I told you to go see it. Oh, and that's then, right. We saw um, Mac and yeah. I saw because it we had to cover it. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say I saw Annabelle Comes Home oh, no. with Randall. This movie knows exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's very self contained. It's literally just like a haunted house story. And in that respect, I thought it was, 
I can't necessarily I say I would be like, listen, you got to go see Annabelle Comes Home on HBO <laughs> Now, which is on HBO Now. It is on HBO Now, but isn't it, it? It's a good example of a, I'll wait till HBO Now watch. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a pretty fun movie. Yeah. And, and you know how I feel about Gary Doberman, so that's high praise. Oh, wow. Okay. He's coming around. Long story con- short, conjuring where are we on the, on right. the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It? Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Um, to- look, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, 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 this is my plea to the Conjuring heads out there. <laughs> conjuring the a good conjuring story. The Conjuring universe is some of the worst, is, is the embracing of some of the worst of horror out mm-hmm. there right now. And if you the like this franchise and you want more from this franchise, have, have a great time. I'm out. Yeah. Matt Gerber is out. I, I love the I, first one. I watched the first one and because some, a lot of people said it was actually pretty good and I watched it and I thought out of all the horror movies that have been coming out yeah. lately, this is a step above. I was like, there are some genuinely scary things in there, but it still was, I did not by any means think it was a great horror film mm-hmm. and it never needed sequels and it, and, and, and well, just the, just everything behind these movies, I just—it's just such a—it's such a fucking. If you talk about cash grabs, I know. Oh it's just, yeah, it's, it's it's like the Saw series, like times ten. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they're just like they know people will go see it, and that's the sad thing. Don't just go see it because it's Conjuring. Go see it because you hear it's good, or people you know think it's good. Don't just see horror to see horror. Like that, that the problem. The tickets are Matt Gerber over here. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, there's a huge thing with with like the horror community, and I think a lot of there's a big. I understand being supportive of horror because it's it's hard and you want things to succeed yeah. even if you know even if it's not good you you're still rooting for things and and I get that but yeah. you but you have to have likes and dislikes otherwise it's just all going to be garbage do you, you have to have a standard Do like, you think it, let me ask you a question Do you think that the fourth one will be about how what's the what's the couple of this again the uh Oh, um, oh, god damn it! I can't. They're based on real. They're based on, they're based on the yeah. real fucking frauds. Yeah, which is yeah. really oh, another. You think the another one will be about thing. how the frauds have to escape hell for like conning people for decades <laughs> out of money. And, I would like, watch notoriety. that. I would watch that. I'd love version. to watch them. Go the Warrens. Home. The Warrens. Yeah, yeah. 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 wonderful people. Yeah, yeah. exploiting sick yeah. fucking. Congratulations! Kids. Well, yeah. they're both, they made some they're money both dead now, so let's you know. That's what I'm saying. So maybe they can do something about how. If someone wants to write a, if someone wants to write a new Conjuring movie about how. The Halloweenies group is actually haunted, haunted by the by Warrens. Oh, wow. Ooh, for, for, for calling them out for being liars and what frauds. If, what if they like kind of take a, take a tarot note from Interstellar and have the Warrens be haunted by the Warrens? Or maybe, you know, it would be happening if they did this page from Interstellar. It would be us doing the podcast and the Warrens <laughs> floating around outside the walls and explaining everything that's happening for 25 minutes. <laughs> Still okay. Hey, uh, um, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to check it out. Favorite, Nolan, next, yeah. Yeah. Definitely going to check it out next week. Okay, so next thumbs one. Down. Thumbs down. Mac? Thumbs up on Interstellar. Um, a qu- here we same. go. This is something I didn't know I wanted, mm-hmm. and maybe don't. <laughs> Let's leave it open ended. All right. Written and directed by John Krasinski, A Quiet Place Part Two. Oh yeah. Um, what do you I'm think? Out. You're you're out. I'm out. You're hundred you know, percent out. You're not going to um, go see it. I, I'm going to go see it. I'm. I'm. Uh, you know. So you're whatever. in. I, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I guess I am in. But like conceptually, when this was announced, and yeah. that it was also announced that he was returning. I was so disappointed because mm. it's like the quiet place is a standalone story. I don't need to see this world built. Like I, you know, great. The less this said, the better because like the idea of it actually has a lot of holes in it and like the gaping, you know, a lot of gaping logic. 
and I guess they're going to have to like try to really work. I, I just imagine this movie is going to be working so hard to kind of fill those holes, yeah. and I don't need that. And so when he, it was announced that he was coming back, I was like, no, I, want, I would rather see this team come up with another original story and have John, you know, John come back, uh, you know, to the camera <laughs> and do another one. Um, well, I, I think I'm getting like. This is, a, this is a compliment because I actually like this movie. I'm getting like 28 weeks later vibes. Maybe, yeah. In a good way. I think, it, yeah. That is In exactly. that regard, so hopefully they're trying to build it out that way where yeah. maybe it's going to be a little more action-oriented as opposed to just straight-up horror. You know? yeah. Yes, and th- that is my thing. When I watched the trailer, because I was, I was in the same boat as you, Mike, yeah. I thought, this is a great standalone movie. Why ruin, why ruin it by trying to continue it? it, it like it, It's total fucking cash grab in yeah. that sense. However... Watching the trailer, I, I feel the same way just now. I was, like, I was like, this feels like 28 weeks later, which... I think if it doesn't, if it's not trying to be the first film and it's trying to be more of like a, a thriller, like an action thriller mm. almost, kind of like Alien to Aliens kind of deal, mm-hmm. like I can get on board a little bit more. And um, some of the performances in the trailer and some of the cast that is now going to be in this, like like Murphy, like I, I, I'm I'm like okay, I didn't know, I didn't realize who pe- certain people were going to be in this, and I and I, I, I mean, it was, if interested. it was just them like going across the street. And getting along with the families and trying to to take on the aliens again, I'd be like, all right, forget this. Yeah. But if you're trying like to pose, make it more of a like a War of the Worlds, Tim Robbins, Tom Cruise situation, but they they, they kind of pose that there's like a mystery about where these things come from or whatever it is, and and you know we it, it might end up being a total fail and it might not be <laughs> worth it. And and like yeah. I said before, I hate when they start explaining things, but eh, I'm interested. Long, long story I'll check short. It out. I'm in, mm-hmm. but this is an example of if if I hear from people or the critics, yeah, that they're out on it, I probably will be out on it too. I'm exactly. not like I'm going to be their opening yeah. night. Yeah. Like if I hear bad things, I'm not going to check it if out. If I but hear bad right things, now, I'll probably just read up on it. I'm yeah. a little optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, now here's something that I would be much more pessimistic about. Wait, Mike, sorry. Were wait, you are we gonna, thumbs up? Yeah, I'm ultimately thumbs up. Okay, no, there's wait. We can't have ten minutes on every one of these, or we're going to be here for yeah, until yeah, five yeah, o'clock. Yeah. But here's something that I was out on. But yeah, Mike in. is in on because he was very passionate about this movie, The Lodge, directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala. Because as as people who who've read Consequence of Sound, I hated Goodnight Mommy. Yeah, and these are the same directors and, and writers. But you, who also did not like Goodnight Mommy, yeah, you really I love this movie. I love this movie. So um, you want to talk a little bit? And about it's, it? And it's out now, so you can see this. It's, okay. it's, it, it's you know it's out in theaters. It's very. Um, I didn't realize it was in theaters it's, right now. Well, it's in like um, limited release okay. for the most part. Gotcha. Uh, they're, they're, it's a really weird rollout for this movie, which sucks because it deserves better. Uh, I caught it at Cinepocalypse last year and just didn't really know anything about it. But like Riley Keough is just fantastic in this movie. She's the, good. Like Goodnight Mommy, um, there's a lot of just visceral sort of um, like damning drama where you're just, where you're just like, God, what a shitty world this is. But at the same time, you're like really intrigued by how everything's going to be pieced together. Mm-hmm. And unlike Goodnight Mommy, nothing is really spoiled in the first five minutes. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. um, you know, so <laughs> like whatever. But um, and and, on, and and honestly, it it really is just a performance piece from from Riley Keough. Like she's so good in this, and it's like. It's like a really good mix of, um, you know, isolation horror, um, this sort of like icy sort of claustrophobic horror that you get from like the thing. And they actually are self-referential about it because like in the movie, they're watching the movie Um, and uh, just some great twists where you're just like, 
wow, they went there. And well, yeah, you, you so, sold me on it because you saw yeah, it like a year ago. Yeah, when, I, mean, I you, remember you when you saw on. this, and I, I immediately yeah. was like, it was one of those like, don't look at anything, just yes, go see do it. Do not read. So I, anything. I, yeah. I've, I've been really good about that, and I, I think I saw one image, but I can't even remember it now. So I, I'm a thumbs up on this. Yeah, I'm thumbs up. Yeah. I'm actually thumbs up. It's a, it's a, it's a visceral. It's all, all, you know, I love visceral. Yeah, except when it comes to you know Michael Myers. Keep a little more scary. Next up. This is this is a little intriguing to me. Uh, antlers. Yeah, this is one I'm really excited for. Uh, we've got Felicity herself. Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell's <laughs> Felicity. in Felicity. Jesse yeah. Plemons. Yes. Who will be making another appearance on this list, by mm-hmm. the way, later on. Yeah. Uh, directed by Scott Cooper, who's got a little bit of a spotty record at this point, right? Yeah. He, the last movie he did wasn't the last movie. I think it was Hostiles, which I... Th- which, well, you know, I heard that was actually and pretty good. that's good. good. I you? liked I Hostiles. I really enjoyed Hostiles, yeah. 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 But he also did the Johnny Depp... Um, the mobster movie, right? Yeah, which wasn't very good. In which Johnny Depp looked like Green Goblin from The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Pretty two. much, yeah. Um, that movie's awful. But um, I've been, I've been like, deliberately keeping away from the trailers and honestly too much of a description. Because I think it's also Guillermo del Toro, right? Is he producing he's, this? I think he's involved producing-wise. So, okay, um, so, yeah. But the thing is, is th- about this is that Wait, what, is uh, what this I've heard about Antlers. Oh, Antlers. So, that's right, that's right. I saw. I think I saw a trailer for it. Yeah. A lot of people. Uh, there are a lot of theories about what this is. Some people say it could be about the Wendigo. Some people could say you know it's about some other spectral thing. But everyone who's watched the trailers, because I refuse to watch them, um, they all say that like nothing's given away, but it is pretty much guaranteed that this is going to be a pretty like unnerving movie. Um, everyone that's all the all the stuff that they've uh, there. Apparently, there's one sequence that's in the new trailer. That is just absolutely terrifying, and you have no fucking clue what's going on. And I'm in. so I'm excited. I'm a thumbs up. Yeah, original horror movie, starring some of the best actors and actresses right now. This time, uh, in yeah. love Carrie Russell. Well, love Carrie Russell so much. God. This is uh, Americans. Come so, back. but my oh, yeah. interest in this <laughs> isn't necessarily because of um, the cast, mm-hmm. who are terrific, uh, or the director. It's because one of the co-writers is Nick and Tosca. Nick and Tosca is the creator of Channel Zero, mm. which is a little hit or miss too, but it's pretty effective. Some yeah. of those seasons are pretty, pretty effective. Yeah. Also famously wrote a, a Friday the 13th movie that was rejected. Oh. I think it was a snow one, by the way. Hey. Also, a, he's a, he was a writer in Hannibal. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe some of the more visceral stuff yeah. and more yeah. the darkness yeah. will come through him. The kind of cerebral. Terror. So I'm, I'm interested in this guy's career, though. I yeah. do. I, I like him as a modern-day horror-adjacent uh, filmmaker, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. So uh, thumbs up, actually. Yeah, yeah thumbs I'm, up I'm curious about this one. Thumbs Definitely up. thumbs up. Here's something that I was intrigued by for a while, but the trailer dropped a couple days before this recording. Candyman. Oh, so you watched the trailer and you weren't in. No, no, I wasn't. Oh, okay. But now that the trailer's dropped, I'm very much in. Yeah, me too. I'm very much in. This is the type of sequel that I'm very... Sequel slash reboot, you know what I mean? You know, when we talk about legacy sequels, we haven't really seen too many legacy sequels that are actually effective and work. Mm -hmm. I think the idea and the premise behind this is just beautiful. It's awesome. It's like, it's... It's so genius too because it's topical, it's timely, and it also rectifies so many of the faults that this franchise kind of fell down into mm-hmm. because Candyman 2 and 3 are just like such a drop in quality. Of course, the, the director one. of Candyman 2, you know who it is? I don't remember. Bill Condon. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Academy Award nominee. Wow. Director nominee. Wow. But the fact that this is a spiritual sequel, it's going back to Chicago, they're going to be 
kind of touching up some stuff from the original narrative. I believe the a certain character at the ending of Candyman is going to factor into this. Did somehow. you did you notice if Vanessa L. Williams is in it too? Oh, really? From Candyman. Oh wow, I didn't know. One that. of the actors from it shows up in the trailer. I think she's like, "Don't say a thing." Oh wow, that's, that's her. Awesome. Oh, you're from right. Melrose Place as well. Oh wow, that's yeah. awesome. I that's yeah, cool. I saw the trailer too. Uh, uh, I think you mentioned that it was out. Yeah, and I just check it out, and I, I watched it, and and I'm all about it. The lead. What is that guy from? Uh, it's I'm Watchmen. Watchmen. Out. Oh fuck! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Watchmen, I, I, I could not Watchmen get it. Out. I was like, I was like, what is? I was like, just saw this guy. <laughs> and of course, um, DC's Aquaman. <laughs> he's an oh, Aquaman. Yeah, but that was funny because, like, when it was first announced, that's what everyone said. It was like, "Oh, he was in DC's Aquaman." It's like, and well, now it's, it's like this guy's awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. I, I'm he's awesome. very on board. I, I think it looks really great, and I, I just you know, I'm I'm totally on board. It, it just it, like you were saying, it's very topical, yeah. and I, I love the idea of the original. I, I the the sequels I did not like. I didn't like how it what they went into in those yeah. sequels. I think it was it was a much more grounded and just kind of horrifying idea um, that I think they're taking to the next level on this yeah. one. So it looks really cool. And it's, uh, I got to see it at Arclight. <laughs> because that's, that's what literally where oh, yeah. 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 You know, It's funny because yeah. when, I, I don't know how funny it is, but here's a coincidence is that whenever I go to Arclight, if I'm coming from work, I take the Brown line to, I think it's the Chicago stop mm-hmm. and I go west and I go through what was Cabrini Green essentially. Yeah. So for me, this is, this, I've been here for 10 years, but this looks like the first, um, I'll be like the first douchebag local that's like, you know what, this feels like a Chicago movie. Yeah. You know, I'll be like that kind of guy. I yeah. can finally say, because I was looking at the trailer like, yeah, yeah this is definitely Chicago. Yeah. This yeah. is definitely going to be a great commentary on where Chicago is now, especially the north side and what's been happening over yeah. the years. Interesting. Yeah. Directed and co-written by Nia DaCosta. Yep. Who did a movie... Little Woods? Little Woods with uh, Tessa Thompson, I believe. Mm. That got some mixed reviews, but she's supposed to be a really big up-and-coming writer, yeah. director. So, And also, I didn't realize this. Not only did Jordan Peele produce it with Monkey Paw Productions, but he's getting co-write, a That's co-writing credit. Yeah. I had no idea. This isn't like a Twilight Zone situation where he didn't write one episode. Yeah. Right? He actually apparently co-wrote this. Well, so. when he talked to Randall for Get Out like, a few years ago, um, he had talked about how Candyman was like such an influential movie. And like I think that he probably... You know, helped in ushering the rights to get it, and for Monkey Paw, and probably was like, I, I, I got to have a hand in this a little bit, you know. Yeah, and and he mentions it a lot in the horror noir documentary mm-hmm. on yeah. on Shutter. Great documentary. Not a, a paid advertiser, by the way. No, but I'm no. Just saying it's a great <laughs> yeah. documentary. Yeah. You should watch it on Shutter. Yeah, I think okay. they just released an extended like version or some cut or a podcast of like all the interviews that they that they did. Yeah, that, that just got released uh, in cool. February. Okay, next up. Something we don't know a lot about, so I don't know how much time we can spend on it. I know. Antebellum. Wow. Yeah. Antebellum. Almost a surprise movie. A surprise movie. Kind of like a Cloverfield drop. Oh, by the way, this is coming out in a couple months. Remember when I first saw the trailer when I when I was like, what the fuck is this? I had no clue this was coming out. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't hear anything about it. And genuinely interested. I thought that that's a great trailer because I have still have zero clue what the hell is really going on, but I'm very invested in, in I, the horrific aspects of the idea of what's happening. Yeah, Mike, I think you've it, heard, you said that you've actually heard things about this. Yeah, I, feel, I, I believe it's supposed to be a lot like um, the idea of, uh, what is that first segment in um, the Twilight Zone movie with Vic Morrow? 
Oh, um, I think so it's supposed to be something similar time, to that. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, obviously, it looks like there's some time travel elements yeah, to the trailer. Yeah, but I think it's like the idea of like waking up and you're in some certain, you know, thing. And like, mm. yeah. So, like, very excited to see what happens with this. Janelle Monet is uh, rising up the ranks um, in terms of, you know, actually being a performer, which is really cool. Um, she's been great in everything I've seen her in. She's one of my favorite musicians out there right yeah. now. Um, and I am just totally hoping that she has a gaga like success in terms of like going from musician to you know performer and I, so. I think she's a better actor than lady gaga well we have to see i, I haven't seen her in enough movies uh, moonlight and she's great in moonlight hidden yeah. figures she's also really good in that i have too. not seen hidden yeah. figures so yeah well i'm kind of excited about here is written and directed by gerard bush and christopher renz who have nothing else in their filmography wow so we have no idea what to expect yeah. that's kind of exciting right mm-hmm. and also ultimately terrifying but you know. yeah but it could be <laughs> in a bad way yeah i think it's, it's blumhouse too so yeah, and they've done it. They've what a year for jobs, them, so. Jesus! Yeah. God, I know, right? I mean, you know, Fancy Island. I mean, <laughs> um, here's something that Mike and I have kind of been going back and forth about. Oh, I'm sorry. Thumbs up or thumbs down for Antebellum? Oh, thumbs, oh, up. thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'm interested. Yeah. Mystery and, and Candyman. Intrigued. Thumbs up and thumbs up for Candyman. Easily. Remember, Mike, how excited you were when you said, "Wow, they're going to just call this movie the the organ donor." And I, I said, know. "Like, how long before they get rid of that title, include Saw, and the next thing you know." Spiral from the Book of Saws coming out uh, later this year. This is a return to the Saw franchise, but it's, it's new life because yeah. it's going to be circling around Chris Rock, mm-hmm. who is starring in this and also co-wrote it. Yeah, so that's exciting, and that it's, is it's a different. Why I'm know. ultimately intrigued. Yeah, that's why. That's the only reason I'm intrigued. Yeah, because I also have to tell you that the co-writers on this are Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldberg, who did Jigsaw, the last Saw movie. Not good. And written by, I'm sorry, directed by Darren Lynn Boozman, who uh, directed a number of Saw movies. So that's where I'm a little... Well, keep it in the family. Yeah, but this family is not a good family. <laughs> that's I, a bad family. Yeah, um, uh, I, I'm really... Saw's family. But I, you know what? I'm like a Intrigued. mid-thumb because yeah. I personally, I need to rectify this this year. I've not seen any of the Saw. I saw the oh. first Saw movie and I, I'm sure people listening will be upset. And, Did not like the first and one. And my problem is yeah. Justin. Because oh. he <laughs> silly, he was so sour on the Saw franchise, uh, I just I'm out. But I, I've heard from other people that a lot of the other latter sequels are fun, and you know, yeah, Randall I, said there's some good. That, sequels. That's why yeah. I'm like, okay, well, it's 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 time for me to 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 go down that road at some point, and I'll start watching those films. But in terms of this, I have nothing nothing coming into it. Um, I have no clue. Maybe it's going to be good. I don't know, but. I probably wouldn't. I haven't seen any of the other films in the theaters. I probably won't see this one in the theaters. I will if Unless, they become available. I will probably like binge watch them. Yeah. But if this movie gets like great reviews and it's like, you know, people are talking about it, I'll, I'll go check it out. You know, mm-hmm. like if it's it's a good entry point for me because I, even though I haven't seen any of the other films, I, I it's it doesn't seem like it's going to be hinged on the other films. Well, either, this goes right? back to me to the the quiet place situation where it's a thumbs up. I'm intrigued. I'm planning on seeing it, but if I hear any bad word of mouth. I won't go see it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'll trust the people that much. I'm not that, you know, I'm not that tied to this franchise. No, I'm not like a so, sawhead. Yeah, I mean? not a sawhead. Um, okay, <laughs> next up, this is the last on this list mm-hmm. of, the, of the 13. Uh, last Night in Soho. Written and, I'm sorry, uh, directed by Edgar Wright, written by Edgar Wright and Christy Wilson Cairns. Who just wrote 1917 with Sam Mendes. Academy Award nominee. Yeah. Christy both of them are Academy yeah. nominees. I, I this is my most anticipated film uh, mm. of of the year. Well, uh, you you love Baby Driver. Baby Driver was my that like, might have been your favorite movie that came out that year. It's tough because that was the same year of like Blade Runner twenty forty nine and you know uh, Dunkirk, but it was definitely up there. Yeah. Um, 
And for me, it's like I thought that Baby Driver is pretty much the perfect encapsulation of all of uh, Edgar Wright's strengths as a filmmaker and, a, and a, as a writer and, and, and everything. And I, so for him to come off of that now, I feel like he set a bar for himself that's so high that I'm like, I cannot wait to see how he does it. And I'm interested that it says that this is psychological horror and there's no word of comedy, which is kind of different for him Definitely. because he's always had a touch of comedy mm-hmm. in every project he's done. Um, and so I'm sure there are going to be elements there. You know, there are going to be probably some punchy, funny scripts in this, you know, parts of this in the script, but I'm really hoping that this is just like a full on Lynchian, like, like he's talked about like Polanski's repulsion, I think. Was and, really, and don't look now. And don't look Nicholas now. Rhodes, being don't look now. So if it goes down the, oh, like the Giallo route, yeah. that would be pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. I'm not as high. I, I, I like Baby Driver. Don't yeah. wrong. I'm yeah. not as high as it, on it as I am, for instance, like Hot Fuzz, which is that, that for me is yeah. like your Baby Driver. I think yeah. Hot Fuzz is like a masterpiece of yeah. comedy, of action comedy, especially. Yeah. And Shaun of the Dead is, you know, like oh, an yeah. iconic yeah. thing yeah. at this point. So I think for me, I, I'm hoping that this is. Uh, is really good because I, I for, you know, I love early Wes Anderson, but mm-hmm. I hope he's avoiding the trajectory that Wes Anderson has gone on, where for the most part, just kind of like a, a slow downslope. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, we're not going to be talking about the new Wes Anderson movie because it's not a horror movie. No, but I, I do have high hopes for this because the cast is also yeah. something special, and I I love not having a clue. Yeah, what this is going to, and be I don't about. want to know anything until yeah, opening night. That, that's. Yeah, just knowing the people behind it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's a thumbs up for me. Thumbs up. I, I honestly, like thumbs up either way, because even if I hear it's not good, I'm still seeing this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, still, yeah. that's, I still have enough Edgar Wright stock. The filmmaker's I'm going to go see it. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, takes back to the beginning of the podcast. Filmmaker's medium. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's a couple bonus ones that weren't on that list. I think some of them might not have been announced, or maybe we didn't realize what they were at the time. We'll just briefly go over this, and some of these aren't really horror. Uh, the New Mutants comes out next month. Thumbs up. I'm curious, right? Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Just for, yeah, sheer curiosity at this yeah. point, but, I got to check it out. But if it gets awful, awful, awful then reviews. I'm not yeah. seeing it. I'm just going to have to see it I'm someday. Not, on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. It's going to yeah. be, on, if it's like on Hulu in a couple of weeks, sure. Yeah. It's the equivalent of um, another mutant movie, uh, X-Men, the fuck's it called? Uh, Dark Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Which, Never by the it. way- I waited. I was patient because I heard Wait, it was awful. Has that come out yet? HBO now next month. It is. Oh, March, I finally so watched it. I'll, I'll There's watch some great scenes now. in that movie. I, will I, say. I don't. I'm sure. I'm I heard sure. they had, they had to totally redo the ending because it was too reminiscent of Captain Marvel. Oh really? Yeah. How about that? Oh wow. Same villains apparently, but oh, not my technically god. because of the whole oh, rights yeah. thing. Yeah. What a nightmare. Oh my god. Here's something that was supposed to come out last year, and is now finally coming out. There's a lot of controversy around it. We don't have to get into it. The Hunt. Thumbs up. I'm I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, written, I, I remember by Damon Lindelof. hearing about mm. the controversy, but I can't remember exactly what was going on. Yeah, all the shootings. Yeah, shootings. There's there's a lot of like, was it? Um... Well, it's about people that hunt people. Like yes, like, but there's more the 1% to it. And stuff. There's oh, like okay. the one percent commentary, and Trump yeah. went after it. That's all we have to tell you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued. Kind of like I was intrigued by what was it the the interview. Yeah, the Seth Rogen yeah. James Franco movie, which ended up, in my opinion, not being good. No, it wasn't that good. But yeah. there was the same type of hype around yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Can't wait. Yeah, I, I'm seeing this regardless. Another yeah. very like 
I have to see it. I have to see I have it. I have to see what they're going to do, yeah. I just, like how they, I, I get the vibe that they have not sh- revealed a lot in that trailer. No. Which is, which is exciting. Oh, so you haven't watched the trailer? No, I have watched the trailer, oh, you did? but I don't okay. think they've given that much away. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. And, and like apparently Finn Wolfhard said that like we don't, we haven't seen anything in this like this thing. You know, in that trailer I, I have right a there. feeling like, that's all going to be like in the first like 15, 20 minutes of yeah. the movie. Well, I'll tell you, you know, what. Like, right? uh, I'm looking forward to the discourse above all else. God, oh gosh, oh, it's gonna be unbearable. Yeah. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to mute Ghostbusters again for various reasons. Even though you know the lead in this movie is, uh, yeah, we, uh, okay. you know, there'll still be discourse around it. Whatever. Um, looking forward to it. Can't wait. Either way, whether or not I like it, can't wait for, the, can't wait for the constant <laughs> complaining about the movie's existence, <laughs> um, and vice versa. I do wish it was just call it Ghostbusters three. That would have been this. Oh my god. Oh, wow. What a um, because face, you go because my thing is like I'm such a sucker for, um for titling and for alignment and like when you go and have the movies now it's like ghostbusters ghostbusters 2 ghostbusters afterlife which i guess works still yeah. but like just call it ghostbusters 3 like it was rumored that forever you could call you it know. ghostbusters first blood part 3 <laughs> yeah um next up look it's funny i actually have not seen the last one nor have i seen the first one another purge movie coming our way i didn't see the last one um which is a prequel and i didn't even watch the tv show which is also tied to this yeah uh, I heard the TV show is actually not bad. I know, I heard too. I, it's on but the second it, season. I, I just this is a this is a franchise that I'm really excited to go watch finally because yeah. I've heard good things about a lot of second, them, third, a lot one of the entries. Good, and yeah. I and and it's just like I'm like, oh, it's all waiting for me. Yeah, you know what I mean, like because I, I there's people that love it. They're and, good group and movies. I like too. the idea think, of yeah, the yeah. films, and I think that it's it's a fun. It was, it sounds like a fun franchise. It was what a like, horrific idea, but it's it's a very yeah. horrific idea, and it's one of those. I'm trying to think of another franchise that did this where like the first one is so like limited in its scope. It's still a fine movie, but you look, look at the second one. You're like, Oh, wow. this is what it should have been. Exactly. The whole time. Yeah. Like yeah. it's almost like a weird alien aliens thing, but like that, the world building in the second one is so insane. It's like, it's almost like the first one isn't even. It's like the first one's like a, a, a like an internet video. Well, you know, that another be, good comparison that would be used in promotion for the big one. <laughs> in terms of franchise trajectory, it's kind of like Mike. You won't have anything to say about this, but Mac will. Oh no! It's like the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like okay, so the first two movies well, are just about on board. <laughs> are just about cars driving yeah. straight in a race S- stealing and stealing CDs. DVDs. Yeah. And they're like, why are we just having these cars drive straight? Yeah. Why don't we have them like you know being chased around the world and like swinging off mountains and falling out of planes and driving on ice? And we're having these people stealing DVDs. Why don't we have them like stopping Changing nuclear the bombs? Trajectory of Let's go. torpedoes midstream. Yes, yeah. on a on an ice with, bank with their hands. With their hands. <laughs> you are right though. It is very. This is similar. what I'm talking about. Like this is what the movie should be. And this yeah. is what Purge should yeah. be. So I'm I'm intrigued because um, sometimes the <laughs> sometimes. There's not a lot of subtext. It's yeah. pretty on the nose. Yeah. There's not a lot of subtlety, but uh, I do enjoy those movies. They're fun. Here's something that I'm really, really looking forward to. And it's going to be on Netflix this year. It's a return for Charlie Kaufman. Who oh, wrote, yes. Who wrote yeah. and directed this adaptation of Ian Reed's supremely awesome I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Yeah. And Charlie Kaufman, his last work was Animalisa, which is awesome. Phenomenal. And then before that, Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Which I hear, but I hear good things. Everyone loves that. Yeah, I hate so it. you may okay. It's just miserable. You're, you're the uh, you're the Super Mario Brothers two yes. of the criticism of you're the I outlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is starring Jesse Plemons, who was mentioned earlier about Jesse. Antlers. God but damn. more importantly, Unreal. Mac and I, Jesse Buckley. Is oh, I love Jesse Buckley. Who is incredible? Mm-hmm. Who is a revelation? Yeah. She was in Chernobyl. 
she was the wife of the fireman oh, who's yeah. dying. Yeah, she's great in that, but T- totally different in Wild Rose. Totally different totally person. Different. Yeah, one of the, one of the best voices I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Great singer. Yeah, she's she was also in a pretty good movie called Beast. Oh, okay. It's been on Shutter for a while. Yeah, she's just. I think she's the real deal. Yeah. I think she's gonna be around for a long time. It's, yeah, it, I've been and this excited about a new, new actor in a long she's time. She's on the new season of Fargo. She's on the new season of oh, Fargo wow. with, uh, with with uh, the uh, Book Chris of Rock. Saw's own Chris Chris Rock. Book of Saw. Yeah, I love it. Um, so <laughs> the less you know about this, the better. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, gonna be. I, I, a, the I, book I, is I cannot. To be it's, it's one of those books you feel like are totally unadaptable. But when I found out Charlie Kaufman was doing it, yeah, who also did you know adaptation, being John mm-hmm. Malkovich, he wrote those. It's like okay. I I'm yeah. very curious to see what he's going to yeah, do here. It's yeah. going to be a real. He's also been visual. working on it for a while. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to this. A couple more. One, this is obligatory because it's coming out, and we have to talk about it, even if it's brief. The Witches remake directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, pass. Ghost. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Um, no go for me. This. You're you're not going to top. No. The Nicholas Rogue, which is... Especially you, okay. Robert Zemeckis. What was the last good movie you did was what, what What Lies Beneath? Flight's okay? Never saw Flight. Flight's okay. It's been a while. People are people who weren't even born when Flight when um his last good movie came out are grandparents now. <laughs> they're, they're probably like some 16-year-olds who have had a kid who had a kid. Um, <laughs> I, I take it back. So there were like children... Yeah. How's the math work on that? Parents. So Let's just go with parents. I think that's a good one. There are children... Okay. Who are parents now. Yes, who that's then do that kids at like 14, 15. That shows the passage of time. Grandparents is a lot. Guess what? I'm a, I'm a hard it, 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 look, out. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, a, a CGI I'm, a, I'm a hard out on this, but if anything, this serves as a as a reminder for people to go watch the Nicholas Hogg Witches because Angelica it's, Houston, it's perfect. genuinely great. There are some really scary things in that movie. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, that's a good uh, children horror film. Nice Absolutely. prelude to uh, Harry Potter. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Here's the last one. I've had stock in this director for a while now. I think we all like his movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It feels like they're leaning more into horror when it comes to this this fable, which is a famous uh, Arthurian, Arthurian legend. legend. Yeah. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. I'm talking about the Green Knight written and directed by David Lowry. Oh, yeah. Um, is it a horror movie? It looks like they're leaning more into the horror mm-hmm. elements of okay. this. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just going to be a thriller or maybe just a night. The trailer is very... Well, because it's Lowry, I think it's very... like meditative in a yeah. in a, a creepy way but it could also just be a straight up like fantasy film but, yeah, I, but the way I, that they I, the, the way, way they framed the different. trailer it definitely looks like they're making it kind of like a fantasy horror which mm-hmm. i'm in i'm, I'm totally I, in. I, and I, I love David that Lowry's i love that legend so far i haven't heard i don't think we've talked about this mike what do you think have you seen, do you see the trailer for the green Knight? i have not watched it because i don't oh. want to i don't want to see anything on it. you know honestly it looks really don't, good. yeah don't watch just, it because i think if if i had just seen it i think i would have uh, I mean, I'm glad I watched the trailer because I, I did. I was really interested in seeing what it was going to be like. But I think if you haven't seen it, don't watch it. Well, that's I think the thing. it might be yeah. a cool movie to go into blind. The visuals alone, I, I'm like, I can't wait for this thing. The Green Knight, yeah. this monstrous thing looks really... Well, he's awesome. Good. I mean, I love this guy. Get, this guy get Lowry on more fucking man, projects absolutely. already. God. I never thought I would like Pete's Dragon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, that movie like, brought movie. me to tears. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Seriously, it really yeah. did. All right, side <laughs> tangent. As we naturally win every Halloween's episode yep. talking about the remake of the yeah. live Pete's action Dragon. Pete's Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> what, was it? what was the thing I said about that? I compared it to something. Oh, I felt more emotion watching the Pete's Dragon remake than I did at any point in the new Star Wars movies. Yeah. That I did <laughs> at 
well, there's some other like pr- prestige tear jerkers out there. I'm like, I don't feel anything, but Pete's Dragon, I, I, I felt something. Yeah, uh, had some emotional reactions uh, in that film. So Team David Lowry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. That is your year in horror. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff, but that's those are some core chapters that you're going to be yeah, in for, for horror through. movies. Yeah. I'm curious to see if any good horror TV drops in mm-hmm. the next nine months. Hunting a Bly House. Or yeah, Bly yeah, Manor, yeah, sure. That's one. Mike Flanagan's next. Mike Flanagan. Film. Anything yeah. Mike Flanagan does, I'm interested in Give me seeing it. too. Give me it. Yeah. Um, so again, hopefully you listen to this episode right <laughs> when it drops because a week later, we're back. Camp Crystal Lakebound. Harry yeah. Matheny music. My good friend, Sean S. Cunningham. Written by Victor Miller. <laughs> starring Adrian King and the late great Betsy Palmer, 1980s, Friday the 13th, kicks off season three. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be involved. Um, I'm not sure who's going to be on the first episode, but um, we'll all be scattered throughout the season, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The only one I know I'm not going to miss is a new beginning. It's <laughs> a new beginning, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that'd be a fascinating one to talk about. I know. That would be a blast. A uh, special thanks to the people who are not here today, obviously, our Halloween-y com- compadre from the very beginning, Dan Caffrey, will mm-hmm. be back. Uh, our quote-unquote resident Nancy, Laura Understall, will be back. Uh, horror, the horror virgins, people have got to come back. They were oh, yeah. terrific. Yeah, Jen, Jen, Jen Adams especially yeah. there. Um, we got horror queers. Horror I, queers. I, I know Trace, Trace, Trace uh, and Joe are d- definitely going to be interested in talking these. I think. I mean, I know they did. Um, they have a great episode of Jason Goes to Hell. Um, oh, that's gonna be great. So I, that's gonna be, I, that's I gonna be a fascinating one to talk about. Yeah. And speaking of that, I know somebody else who steps up for that movie. I believe is uh, Mike Vanderbilt. Yes, who will definitely right. have to be on. And uh, who else? Rathan, I think, was also. Rathan Kruger was on uh, the, the the Nightmare series, and he was also in uh, the Halloween series because he, he did right. Halloween yep. two with us, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we got a we got a great we got a great great uh, catet. Yeah. If we're ah. uh, you know trying to tease a little uh, the other podcast, but um, I'm excited to see what we find. At camp this summer. <laughs> so dumb. That yeah. sounds like so the lame dumb. press release for the first movie. It was yeah. kind of like, this will be the scariest film you ever see. Friday the 13th? <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, um, what's the sign off here? Oh, oh yeah. Um. <laughs> we'll see you next is, week. Uh, see you later. Yeah, Camp Blood. Consequence Podcast Network.